button, man. What the heck? everybody and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john i'm back i'm jd <laughs> and joining us this week we have our good friend and uh, person who likes to kill us uh, i did enjoy it I, i'm i'm isn't for it, it man isn't it fun <laughs> i killed john numerous times and it never gets old the creative <laughs> mind behind damage inc james burton how are you doing sir i am doing absolutely lovely today you guys might hear some noises there's a storm going on outside, shaking my house. But, I'm used uh, to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still on a little bit of a high from all the stuff that's been going on with the book. I had, dude, John, I never thought until you asked me if I would kill you in the book that other people would ask me to also kill them. It, it's some kind of thing. It's a fetish that nobody tapped into yet, except for JD. <laughs> I've been tapping it for a long time. Oh, my uncomfortable joke for John for the week. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. Start off early tonight. Oh, and we do do that around here, Dave. Don't push the button. Um, always start on a high, guys. There's actually a great market for the Kickstarter the Kickstarter creators, there is a great market into working backers into the book. And because it's not just John, I've had numerous people back my projects in the past and been like, Hey, can I die? And it's became, it's become, it's a running gag between John and I, which I always appreciate because he pays for it. And it's a great <laughs> little, it's a great little way to, to boost up some extra funding for your book. And I'm happy that I was finally murdered on in someone else's project i'm just happy i was tall to be honest with you oh, I, 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 <laughs> your debt sir for making me tall but i only uh, get to see this much of you guys so i did my best yeah. no i have no no qualm whatsoever five nine real life me very happy about this Dude, very and, happy it, uh, Dirk, I, enjoyed, Dirk Manning. I enjoyed drawing the spinning axe that hits john in the head a lot. I never I'm tried to you. capture that kind of thing before. Tell there's oh something so satisfying about killing John O'Grady. Never gets never gets old. Next time you got a book, I recommend killing him again. It's just it keeps getting... is the satisfaction coming from when I die or from when you cash my check to make me die? Yeah, a little well, column A, a little column B, somewhere in the middle. Oh my oh, god! I'm, I'm an artist. I love both. <laughs> but but you're saying like yeah you know, like even Dirk Manning and oh god I can't remember her name from Hope yeah Kaylin Kaylin Smith they had tears on their on their Kickstarter for working people either into the book or making them a hero or making them a villain it was like it's an untapped market really because it's a great idea it's just mm -hmm. that usually I don't have any pages saved that's why John I had to you and I had to work out that it was going to be in the book after. The, that that one because I, I usually have the whole book done before I hit Kickstarter. This time I actually saved four pages and put it back up, and I had two other people ask me for it. So it was, it was pretty awesome. I'm 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 super happy. Oh, and and us people that like to die, we do pay out. So those those can be very very high tiers on the Kickstarter. Yeah, they're, they're decent tiers. I'm I I am pleasantly surprised and creatively fulfilled by killing people <laughs> that I know in the comic. It's great. Oh, it's the I said, John, I can't wait to kill you again. It's been too long. It's been too long. <laughs> it has been too long. You need to write another book. It's funny you should mention that. I'm not going to steal our friend's thunder, but maybe we'll talk a little bit more next week. All right. 
killing pleasantries aside. <laughs> oh, we're just going to jump got... into the show normally now? Like we know. Okay, I love that Dave's trying to get us back on the rails. Yeah, I'm trying to like, steer, to steer, a, steer a ship here. So we were off last week, but we're back. How's everyone doing? James, it's been a while since you've been on. I talk all the time, but how are things going with you? How's the Kickstarter going? The Kickstarter is about 64%. But right now we have a lot of... I'm getting a lot more backers than I did last time, which is exactly what I want to see, actually. The more new yes. readers, more new faces. In the long term, that's actually really great. I raised up a little bit more than what we asked for last time. So we're at about the same progress level that we were last time, but with more new faces. And I'm getting messages and questions and a lot more interactivity between me and the people that are supporting the project. So I'm actually happy on all those different fronts all at the same time. Cool. That is, that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. How about, how about you, JD? How are you doing since we last spoke? Last time we talked, or two weeks ago, I told you guys I was going to miss the show for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, had a, I had an all right birthday. We got six state qualifiers the day before, so that was cool. Hung out with my little guy on the birthday. We went to the comic shop. I finally bought House of X Powers of 10. You know, that trade. I'm finally going to buckle down and read that. I got some more Charles Soule Star Wars books that I'm behind on. So I like, I spent my birthday get, collecting comics. And then last week, uh, we were at the state tournament down in Illinois wrestling the season part. The regular season's finally over. We did all right. We had a state place winner. We had one kid who was a match away. I was thinking we were going to do better. You can't complain when you have kids that do perform well. It went okay. It could have been better. It could have been worse. But on, on the whole, I'm very proud of the boys. And my my video production kids, actually, I got them working to, because I used to, we, we used to do this big jumbo trumpet they play with the finals that I created a long time ago. I don't do that anymore. But I actually got my kids working for the guys that do it. So, like, for a class project, I was both coach and a teacher for the week, and it was really awesome. I feel like a dad, right, watching your kids. Yeah like pick up your sword and and do the thing you used to do. So it was like, got a little, I got a little misty as a teacher for the first time. So it was really cool seeing that on the whole, dude, I had a pretty good two weeks. I can't complain. A little for clump. I got a little for clump, not a lot of her clump, but I got a little for clump. (laughs) (laughs) I took some Sudafed, cleared it right up. We're good. There you go. Now I'm wired. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, John? Do anything interesting since we last spoke? (laughs) I just read John's title. Senior Sony funeral director. Yeah, I just came back two hours ago from seeing Madam Web. And uh, do I need to say anything else? Um, (laughs) I really need to drink heavily after this. Uh, (laughs) Other than that, I also watched part one of Justice League Crisis, the new animated thing. Mm -hmm. Way better than I thought it would. Way better. Very well done centering on the flash and wow way better than i thought it would be so i can't and there's going to be a part two and three so far as i know and part three as we've talked before the voice of batman dave what's kevin conroy uh kevin conroy Conroy. sorry brain you know i came back from madam webb did i mention that no yeah kevin conroy's uh going to his voice is going to be in the third the third part but i think i don't think they're they're going to be releasing that for another couple of months at least right they have to release part two first when was the yeah, last you time you play. read when was the last time you read the original crisis and Earths? oh god so long ago same i, I remember same. the big reveal being the main villain um slash person who was bringing everybody together the anti-monitor uh, yeah not the anti-monitor the, the, the monitor the, the new the one that was actually surfing through all the different reality for pariah. the pariah. pariah pariah yeah 
I, I remember that being a big reveal and all that, but it's been, I have those episodes. I have those, I have called, those issues downstairs. Issues, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I have those issues right next to my issues. You sure do have some issues. Continue. Yeah. But no, I have those issues, but it's been, I can't, I don't think I've read them in over time. I was going to say, how does it compare? Because I don't know, it's weird when you read stuff from the 80s sometimes that sometimes yeah. I don't think it, it can age a little bit rough mm -hmm. in some spots. Just, the, just dialogue and stuff like that is different now. So I'm just wondering how you would compare the two. But this has done much. Years. You know what? Because that was in the 90s. 80s. Um, so 80s. You probably read, right. you probably read well, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I remember that being one of my problems of, okay, crisis. Yes. How many issues do I need this month to, to catch up on all yeah. the crisis stuff? 13. What are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I don't know. I do remember my feelings about it and it was done. Okay. I think this is a nice update, a really nice update, including a lot of story and a lot of personality of how the characters are seen today. You, you said know? the flash is the focal point character. The flash is the focal point, like but that. it is done. It is done so well. It's him. He keeps having time flashes because of what happened and you're seeing him at different points of the story. Mm -hmm. And normally that's normally in, it's a trick that they use in some movies and it's done. It, it's horrible because you can't follow the story in this. It's done so well. Sir, sir, Christopher Nolan does that often in films and usually it rules, but I'm with you. He's one of the <laughs> few that he's one of the few I would grant that can do that and make it actually work as it should. Yeah, the editing skill level to pull off a multi-bit storyline is not a, exactly what i would call a common skill correct yeah and seeing something like based on the flash and his perception of time going through him like that i, I haven't watched that but now i'm super excited to because i didn't know it was going to be based on that but i don't even think like it, it that was as like as easily done 20 years ago as it would be done now there's all so much lore mm -hmm. now about the flash and all of his temporal complexity yeah that, to draw from to be able to make the perception of what he's going through to be able to perform in crisis that, that that's a i think that's a good place for that storyline and this has a lot of heart built into this this feels like the stuff that bruce tim did this awesome. has so much heart to it yeah and i'm surprised because the animated movies have slowly been getting more cash grabby and and stuff but this is a harken back to the best days of bruce tim and it feels good you really should watch it if you I like the choice to center it around the Flash because the original, when the original Crisis happens, the Flash character, so Barry Allen had gone, I don't know if you guys remember this, let me give you guys a little, little trip down memory lane. Barry Allen has this year-long storyline, this trial of the Flash thing where, right. yeah, I forget who he was accused of, oh, Reverse Flash, he was accused of killing Abathon, mm -hmm. Aobard Thon, it's hard to say. And it turns out it was a big flash setup, but it just drags on and on. Now they'd be like a normal way playing off over the course of a year. But in the early 80s, people were like, oh, my God, end this thing. Kill me. And then it ends. And that's the end of the flashbook. He goes off to the future with Iris because they reveal Iris is actually from the future, too. It's really weird. And they, they really bookend Barry Allen. And he's in the future. And then all of a sudden, he's inserted back in because the original Crisis doesn't really have a touchstone character with the exception of Pariah. Like the story's really told through Pariah's point of view, but it really makes for a hard read if you're looking for a good character piece. Like it really is just like a smorgasbord of everything DC owns, and there's really not a lot of like character touchstones until you get to the last couple chapters where Supergirl and especially Flash die. So the choice, because if if they keep in true to the true ending of the crisis, centering the story around Barry, I think is a great adjustment. It's, it they, really is going to make that ending land hard. They they've made some changes. The ending of the of part one does does land hard. 
it it makes you wonder where it's going to go but i but i you're, you you feel good that the story is going to continue on a very high level look if they can get you even interested in a comic book film right now that's a good thing yeah tell me yeah. struggling for, with that there are we, so many media projects that are basically just cashing in oh yeah by people who don't belong even working with the subject matter because they don't understand it so hearing that somebody got it and somebody took it forward that's a positive and and i think again coming from an anime perspective like in japan when you put out an animated movie it could do just as well as any other re regular live action movie right. because they understand that the medium is just different but the storytelling can be just as good yeah. i i think that in america we're just starting to realize that and the storylines that they're getting for some of these animated movies even if they're not releasing them in the actual theaters are getting to that point where maybe we can start seeing them in theaters <clears throat> and stop having to import them from japan and we can have our I, own yeah i i was excited to see some of the my hero stuff come out and end up where you could watch some of it and the ghibli stuff i i do all that stuff with my kids so it's absolutely possible it's just that it needs the right kind of attention somebody behind it instead of somebody just trying to throw it out at the wall and cash in yeah and, we, and, and i said that last part completely ignoring disney and like anime movie like how to train your dragon those sorts of things actually there is that section but they still see those as kids movies kids movies yeah yeah. Even though, like, stuff like How to Train Your Dragon is... Yeah. Kids movies, like, watching Hiccup watch his best friend kill his father on camera. Yeah. That's yeah, different. that's kid for kids. <laughs> for the children. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Dave. JD, what are you going to say? I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> nothing important. Anyway, besides that, my car broke, my patio door started leaking, and I'm going to have to get my car towed tomorrow, and everything's breaking around me, and I have to get a new... My, my printer broke. I'm just like, I'm, I, and I, all that happened after I looked up at this guy and said, you know what? I'm going to, I just did my taxes. I'm feeling good. I'm going to save some money this year. <laughs> Don't ever tempt fate. Damn it. Don't ever do that. So what you're telling me is things are status quo, quo, status quo at the O'Grady. Yes. They I are can't status, finish this they, fucking thing. Yes. They are status quo. <laughs> they, they, they are status quo. Definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> had a joke. Oh, holy crow. The they are status quo. Yes. <laughs> Oh my, hey, Don, what the fuck is a printer? A printer is where, so I, this is what I teach at school. A printer is a machine where you take paper, that's just these like strips of tree, these little floppy strips of tree, and you successfully imprint, like you burn ink essentially onto the page, and it creates like either words or sometimes designs. And in my experience, it gets stuck constantly. We're constantly having to fish out the quote unquote printer jams or paper jams if you will yeah mine just stopped printing and it won't and then you find out like it's a whole thing anyway best way to learn about the, a printer the, is to watch office space yeah the, the greatest part i know i'm going i know i'm going long on this but the funniest part was i just got my car fixed on friday i didn't go anywhere yesterday so i get into my car because me and my neighbor were going to go see madam webb and I had you dragged car some other poor soul to that no, we went thinking this is going to be another The Room or something. Something We were just going for laughs. But I get in my car to take it out of my garage. And and like all of a sudden, all the lights go on and off. The car's going and the check engine light comes on. And I'm like, and it's and the engine's just like stuttering. And I'm like, somebody's trying to tell me something about this going to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, still got there. We, we went in his car. 
I was waiting for all the tires to pop on the way. <laughs> well, I, I think it's not the universe telling you not to see Madam Web. I think it's your car telling you it needs to see a doctor. It just came from the dealership, so they're going to have to fix whatever the hell they did to it. So, fair. Anyway, so I went long. Sorry. So, yeah. oh, I did mine already, but I want to know yeah, more sorry. about Madam. Web. I want to know more about Madam Web because we're never going to see this. I, I that's what I just told Dave before oh. you got on. It's, we're never going to get JD to see this. No, <laughs> do, 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 I saw the trailer. Sydney Sweeney looks great as Spider Woman. I'm good. I don't need to see that movie. Though they were in costume for less than thirty seconds. I have no interest <laughs> exactly. in that movie now. Costumes look great, and then they did. You find out the costumes are in it for thirty seconds, and you're done. Yeah, yeah, no, I know they. Oh, it gets worse. It gets so much. You want to talk? About, tell you what, we'll go through yeah. this, and do you want to talk about it after? After when we get to oh, yeah, social media, media madness. madness, let's just know. Skip social media madness. I want to hear about John's misery. Hey, Kassan gave us a good answer here. Okay, hold on. Oh, Kassan's. I'll read this. Kassan says a printer is an ancient device created in the Middle Ages that introduced mass creation of literary works to the popular. It increased literacy rates because it reduced couple cost yeah okay this guy has to go ahead and give the real answer to that question not the joke but, one. but the sad thing is our literacy rates are going down now <laughs> i don't think that's accurate because reading is more a fundamental part of society than it's ever been because everybody yeah. walks around with a phone the 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 actual reading level of uh, from graduated students has been going down that, that's comprehension level uh, comprehension that's, level not uh, literacy yeah. That's well, a yeah. true Whoa. Uh -oh. james hell. went down james back <laughs> James Man down. down! Man down! down. Goes James! Oh, down oh yeah, goes now, uh, James! Yeah, okay, okay, I got it, I got it. Dave, how was your... Oh! <laughs> okay, I can't complain. I watched the... I did watch the Super Bowl. We can talk about more of that. Did Taylor later. Swift win? <laughs> if you watch, if you read the news, Taylor Swift was the only person that won. Oh, my God. She got so much coverage if, off this if thing. you read right-wing media, yeah, she definitely won because they were definitely triggered. Dude, anyway, she is the most... She is the most powerful person in the free world. And if you argue yeah. with me, you're wrong. They she has got her for 45 oh, seconds total. 54 yeah. seconds. 54 seconds, and, sorry. And she caused part of this country to melt down. Yep. It is, yep. Dude, the, can you imagine having that kind of power just to own people? She's can, like what Victor Von Doom wants to be. Can you imagine being her and having to deal with that? No. That poor woman. I really couldn't. First of all, poor is not the word I would use to yeah, say but, anything about Taylor Swift. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. But she don't give a fuck. She's been doing this for so long. She's like, eh, fuck them. And she's like, good at it now. Can you imagine having that kind of power where you can just be like, you are like the buzzing of flies to Vigo. Yeah, it, it seems I, I don't think any human being with her level of empathy can. Like, I'm sure it bugs her. I'm sure these. The, the, these I'm sure people. it bugged ED her at one point. But she seems to be in the point where she really just doesn't care. I think that when you live under scrutiny for so long, at some point you're just like, fuck it. And she seems to have gotten to that fuck it phase of her career. She just does whatever she wants to do. And it's always successful. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the music because it's not for me. A lot of people struggle with that concept of what's for me. Oh. I like the kids and like the girls, specifically in my classes. God, they adore her. Mm -hmm. And like, I just respect her as a business person and as a media mogul. Like... It's incredible. Dave, how was your weekend? Oh, well, okay. Wait, more about Tara Swift. No, okay. See, uh, Valentine's Day. I did finish writing the song for my girlfriend and gave it to her for Valentine's Day. She in, really liked it. We'll leave it at that. In your eyes, the light, the heat. Oh, these, it's boots funny. Were, these boots uh, were made for walking. Uh, was uh, it a tribute? Uh, <laughs> that was good. That was good, John. The song's actually called, oh. the song's actually called Little Bit. 
and it's love you a little bit more each day. Love you a little bit every single way. Make sure you damn it, damn John, that's mean. This <laughs> laughing at the man's heart and soul. And the reason, Sorry. and the reason that it's called that is when we first dating, and I when I first said that, she wasn't ready to say it yet. So she would go, she would say, oh, maybe a little bit. So that's where the inspiration of the song title came from. So it's something personal between the two of us. But go ahead and laugh at at my relationship, John. How's your girlfriend? Oh, wait. I'm not laughing at None of that was it. Uh, Kassan says, you guys are really milking the Taylor Swift algorithm boost. Oh, Dude, we're going we're gonna to abuse that thing for less. <laughs> Who is it? Did you I see our it. numbers? Did you see our numbers last time? Did you see Jesus. The cl- just the clips where we mentioned Taylor Swift Through the did roof. really well. This is going to be called Taylor Swift That's speak. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Everybody's mel- let's oh, that's what you gotta do. You gotta put out some Taylor Swift, even if it's nothing to do with it, just like hashtag her. Let's let yeah. Let, let's just understand that the people that are freaking out about her are using that to are freaking out pay, sometimes only because of the I will, algorithm. I will uh, pay for you to kill Taylor Swift in a book. That would be a you know, I, I don't think it's legal to say it that way. Yeah. No, it I wouldn't even be Put you on a watch list or trademark or image. You can't. I, yeah, I guarantee you. Trademark or image. Yeah. Trademark. I don't know about that. You'd have to run like parody. Yeah, it would be a parody. Do you yeah. really want to call down that kind of thunder and get the Swift? Not even from her lawyers, but get the Swifties, man? No. The no. Luke show, I, I man. will you don't say want this. That. I am. I do understand that there's reasons to fear the Swifties even more than to fear the evangelicals right now. Like, <laughs> when you're doing media mafia, you got to be one in your category. I, for one, welcome our Swifty overlords. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a sh- yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put it past. She's telling everybody to sign up. They're all signing up to, to vote. Who do you think they're going to vote for? <laughs> John, they have, you're going to have to push the button now. Yeah. <laughs> no. <clears throat> we don't do that here. I was saying, given the, given the options, they would all vote for Taylor Swift, right? That's true. Dude, if okay. she decided to run, she could run for. She could literally dictator. probably go on there and just say, "Everybody, write in ballot." And it would, and that would be it. <laughs> yeah, you're Kassan, absolutely James. Kassan says, change the title of this episode to James Burton considers Taylor Swift comic. I I am full of. <laughs> why does James? <laughs> <hear you>? <laughs> <laughs> why does James Swift? That's hear? even better. That's oh, even better. Kassan, I do that's like beautiful. That. I do like that. <laughs> That's a good one. I hear them out of respect. That's why James. Uh, that's why Kassan is a writer. Good job. Um, <laughs> I was going to say to John, it's funny you said you have car issues. We went out Wednesday for Valentine's Day. She drove. Everything was fine. Tuesday morning, she starts her car to go to work, and she said it was like sputtering and making all this crazy noise. And basically, her mechanic said there's an issue with the transmission, but her year Chrysler has a, a known issue with the transmission. So now she's got to take it to dealership. And it's funny because trying to find a dealer that will answer the phone for an issue is like really hard. Mine was at the dealership for an oil change and now the car is broken. But dealership, but if you take it to the dealership, there's probably a, a recall. She probably doesn't have to pay for any repair. Yeah. So I brought, I remember in 2017, right at the time I started on the show, I brought my Kia in to the dealer for an oil change and they wouldn't let me leave because it was, they weren't allowed to let it roll off the lot because of a recall issue. And they were just going to impound the car and I had to buy a new one. What a fucking racket that was. I called oh, my wow. wife. I'm like, we need a new car. They won't let me leave. Oh, this, this is turning into car talk from Click and Clack. I miss <laughs> those guys. Me, and believe me, this is not car talk that anybody would want to hear. So, 
It's really well, yeah, don't take any car advice from us. That would be not, the last not thing these you want three to do. guys. Mm. I'm a car guy. I'm three Harleys right over there. Yeah, I'm sure. Not the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> if we want to turn it into that, I can go. You will, Speaking you will of dominate that like, conversation. In fact, John thinks it's black magic when you put gas in it and the car just goes. I, I put all my ability points into computers. Although that's becoming more and more relevant with cars. Oh, God. Because now I can plug into an OBD2 port in a car and I can go to town. I could reprogram the, the chip on my car. I bet you could plug into that port and go to town all <laughs> night long. You know what? Yeah, no, like, a, no. I, to I think the, that means it is time for the inappropriate joke of the week. I thought I did it already. Continue. <laughs> Third one. All right, all right. I got a couple here, but I'll just, I'll take the top one I've got. I'm only going to list one with one ear, so. What's the, difference, half the outrage. what's the difference between a woman with PMS oh, and a terrorist? Oh, God. Oh, God. And a terrorist. Danger, Will Robinson. You can negotiate with a terrorist. That's not even funny. <laughs> Why do we do it so that the algorithm will fight down the opposite direction? Yes. Yeah. yes. Anyway, <laughs> the opinions, of, the opinions no. of Dave Markowski do not reflect the rest of superhero speak. In any way. John, wait, wait. No. Kassan's comment. Too far, Kassan. No. Goes, Ooh, I ain't reading that. No, no. And they come no. after me. No. Too, too far, Kassan. No. I don't need that smoke. <laughs> Nope. Hey, the algorithm's a double-edged sword. Man. Yes, it yes. is. How you swing it. Yep. Sooner or later, the algorithm will cut you down. Yeah. <laughs> ah, speaking of algorithms, it's time for a little social media madness. Woohoo! Speaking of too far, okay. <laughs> ah. Okay, so real quick, let's see. Let's start with we had talked about da -da 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 -da. gatekeeping in the nerd community. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, do I still have that open? Maybe. That was a good clip. Uh, really yes. Like yeah, because remember we talked about, we were talking about fanboys Ta and... Taylor Swift specifically, yes. That's what we were <laughs> talking keep about. saying that? No, no we, we talked about Taylor about Swift that. a lot, but we talked about, yeah, gatekeeping. And then over on Twitter, Jamie had said, Jamie. no gatekeeping in the nerd, a new person. At Jamie, not at. At Digital Jamie, J-A-M-I. Uh, no gatekeeping in the nerd community, no gatekeeping in football, no gatekeeping at all. Unless you're keeping a zoo rhino away from the general public via a gate. Fair. I thought that was cute. That's why. Yeah. That's why I included it. <laughs> Don't you remember? Yeah, we talked about. You know, remember, like that was a long time yeah. ago to you, for you, JD. <laughs> Two weeks is a long time, man. Yes. All right. Of course, we were off last week, but I did ask our audience who they were rooting for in the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, I think I answered it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say over on what is this Tiki Talk. 8-Bit Ray said, whoever Ray Finkel plays for. Stay clean. It's a, it's a, line, it's a gag from Ace Ventura. Pet um, yes. Oh, Ace Ventura? Dude. Yeah, you never yeah. saw Ace Ventura, John? I did, but it's been a long time. Tetson said days. San Francisco on Facebook. Good old Don said, I'm rooting for the Deadpool 3 trailer. It was good. <laughs> Don won. And, and for on the, the Twitters, or X formerly known as Twitter, Random Randy Savage said, go Taylor. <laughs> so obviously he was rooting for Taylor Swift. Do we have a new Colt 45 commercial while, while we're on the subject? No, not this week. Damn, no, Randy, no. come on, man. <laughs> I look forward to that every week. The algorithm. It, it's all you've got to look forward to? Kind of. It is funny as hell. Damn, I just made Dave really mad. I was making a joke. Sorry. What? You what look like, I... Is that all you're looking forward to? I said, yeah. And you looked at me like you were going to kill me. <laughs> No, I was. I forgot. Then over on YouTube, we had Glisten 
me three nine. I don't know. Whoa. Said Kansas City Chiefs. If you pin this comment, I'll sub. I pinned it. I don't know if they followed. Um, That's not the kind of sub they meant. User WKR8 said Chiefs. That's an old joke. Someone else said Chiefs. But this was a weird one. It's from at Hazel Bell. You made me mad and you made me cry. Is that like a Taylor Swift? uh, One of her lyrics. I would imagine that because I was like, this makes no sense, this guy. (laughs) Oh, I imagine. I don't know. You listen to our you listen to our show. I can see someone having that reaction. <laughs> really? No. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then this week, I did ask people the big news. What did they think of the Deadpool trailer? Oh boy. I guess before did, we really get into it, did anyone dislike it? I'm curious. Hold on. Why are they not showing the comments here? I, I don't know oh, how you could not. Yeah. I don't uh, Don it, said, the trailer has me absolutely excited. That's, that's a Don <laughs> response. <laughs> that should have... That sounds like a Jim Jones. Yeah, it, yes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Let's see. For, on uh, Facebook, Drew said, I don't think he'll be the Jesus, but I think the movie will be a lot of fun. Because he calls himself the MCU yeah. Jesus in the trailer. And then Random Randy Savage over on the Twitters said... I've not been excited about Marvel content. It's just sometimes it's a drop and sometimes it's a gallon. But Deadpool will provide the outlet for all the old timers to get their rocks off. Yeah, I think he's oh. right. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know why the comments are not loading for what TikTok. A shame. What a shame. All right. So we'll end it there to, to put you out of your misery. The Chinese government's not letting you read the comments. What a cry and shame. Because hmm. says, I have vivid memories of that show, J.D., and I watched it while I'm living in the Cincinnati area. Live? Is it, that show got canceled or ended like when we were children. Like young children. What show? I think. WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. Like early 80s. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I remember watching it. Because I also <laughs> says, I actually saw many people who hated the reaction to the trailer. Really? They hated the, the people thought the reload scene was so well received when the Marvel's characters weren't well received. Let's be real. The Marvel's characters, there's a lot of baggage with that. And yeah. Deadpool's got two very successful movies that, that are pretty much universally beloved. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. Ryan Reynolds. I'm looking forward to seeing all the different cameos in it because I have faith that they're going to web a bunch of stuff together that the goddamn studios have made pointless and crappy. I want to see him go back and fix the freaking X storylines. And all of a sudden we have mutants. And I want all the different stuff related. I'm too bad they can't web in any of the stuff from the Sony universe. No, good thing they can't web in any of that stuff. <laughs> we want to keep that stuff in its own web. Yeah. I, I like the fact that we haven't really heard many, like, there, I, I know there's rumors, but we haven't heard any confirmation of anything. I like, I would love it if I could go to that movie and be surprised by some of the camps. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, dude, I just, I as somebody who just loves, has loved comics for most of my life, I am just enjoying seeing something where I know the people in charge of it are doing right by the subject material. I have faith in I don't have faith in anybody else making any other movies right now. Like right. None. Like, All right. You know, oh, we're getting Certainly not so director or whatever like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just an ego pump. I, I don't All right. I hold your thoughts on that uh, for a minute. All right. So if you guys watching would like to be a part of social media madness and have your comments included on the next episode. Thank Don't you. listen to JD. <laughs> listen to our good friend Don, who will tell you some more. You enjoying the show? Do you want to be part of Social Media Madness? Easy peasy. Head on over to SuperheroSpeak.com. You'll find 
all the links to our social media. You'll find the show uploaded there as well. Comic reviews by Chris. You can even go in the archives and find old comic reviews by yours truly. Absolutely. So again, that's SuperheroSpeak.com. Make sure and check that out. Make sure to engage on our social media. Speaking of social media, Superhero Speak is part of the Geek World All-Star Podcast Network. That podcast network includes great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, the So Wizard Podcast, and Super Hero Speak. That's right. You go to the X-Men app, the X app, hashtag GWAllStars, and you will not be disappointed. And you might as well do it before that app is dead. Listen, now it's time to go back to the show. And I'm going to be looking to see if JD makes a comment about sex or doing something to a woman's anatomy to see if John gets flustered or beat red, while at the same time speaking with confidence and zeal when he's talking about Pinkie Pie, Rainbow Dash, and the rest of the My Little Pony crew. Back to the show. It was going so well. <laughs> it was going so well till it wasn't. I'm convinced Don's trying to get me fired from my job, my day job. So, Wait a minute. If you want to get fired for your day job, let's take a quick commercial break. That's a great segue. Mm. And we'll be right back with the news. Some podcast. I like this. So I had this debate the other day okay. in the car. So you know Helen Keller. So apparently someone said that she flew a plane. Is that right? Yeah. And I'm like, how does she fly no. a plane? How does she fly a plane if she's hiding in the closet? What? How does Helen Keller? What? <laughs> what? You were shut up. She got, did she, I thought she, get, did she get free and then fly the plane? I'm, oh my God. I what is there, happening I right now? I was like a live audience and I could ask them, does he even deserve, do I, does he even deserve me to continue? Oh my God. I'll give you one more chance. <laughs> Helen Keller. What is she known for? The, she wrote a book in the attic. That's Anne Frank. <laughs> Helen Keller's the woman that was blind and deaf. And some podcasts are like this. DC Talk used to have this song that was like, we're just two honks and a negro serving the law. What? <laughs> what? You lying. Hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. When you really break it down. We're just two honks and a negro serving the Lord. We're just two honks and a negro singing our song. Bruh, bruh, bruh. See, see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? But only one pop is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. And we have a crazy-ass earthquake, and black smokes come out of the earth, and uh, she equates it to the... Uh, the fart of God. Yeah. <laughs> the fart of God. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't know the severity of this until I saw the uh, smoke hit two of these girls and yeah. murder them. Like, they are getting, like, emolted. Like, they're being burned the fuck alive. They are literally turning to ash. From... It was Thanos snap. <laughs> but it was two butt cheeks instead. Yeah, two, two butt cheeks of our Lord. Thanos clapping. <laughs> so it gets crucial, guys. Our heroine and her teacher, Ms. Yumi, she's freaking out. She says, I don't want to smell the fart of God. If I have to die, I want to smell the shit that's emitting from them cheeks. Oh my God. 
You are now listening to Cult 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet, sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. <laughs> that just... There's just such differences between the American and the Japanese cultures that we often appreciate. And then there's times where I see something and I go, yeah, that wouldn't fly here. Mm. It just wouldn't fly here. Can you imagine the uproar that would go out across this country from like the Beltway states specifically if they made a film where the fart of God was killing people? Could you imagine? (laughs) I don't know. They were pretty okay with two honks and Negro. (laughs) Yeah. says a lot about where we are as a country, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh man. I loved. I'm watching all. I'm watching you guys as that commercial's playing, and James had never saw it before. So I'm seeing oh. his reaction to Colt 45's commercial. Oh, that, dude, that okay? Look, I I love the Colt 45 commercials. They're funny. It, they are funny, I, I, and I do enjoy them. But sometimes I feel like my IQ went down. Oh, every week. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely, every week. Yeah. I don't know how he finds these. He has to have either he has some special like mutation, or he has an AI program run to find the dumbest podcasts ever. I think Randy, an AI program that's having depression at this point. (laughs) I I just think Randy is this committed to the bit where he is just. I think the I think it's literally his algorithm like that shows up in his TikTok and stuff like that. I could be wrong. Oh, I'm sure. Correct me, but he finds the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet and allows them to be part of our show and quite frankly makes me feel better about myself every week i i the the, the question the questions about the helen keller guy uh-huh. I just, there's there's that's so not the much. first time that's he's used that podcast and that guy also didn't believe in evaporation mm-hmm. <laughs> another he thought, <laughs> he thought evaporation was a conspiracy this this dude is dumb he's like where's the water go when it rains <sighs> yeah true story we got some. We did get some more comments, so this is yes. Dumb. Sounds yes. right. Leah Shriver as back as Sabretooth would be awesome because that's good casting in a bad movie. Yes, mm. yeah. That, that, there was a lot of great casting. Why are you guys not allowing Don to come on the show? It's a felony to get him on. We used to have Don on all the time. Don's busy. He doesn't want to come on the show anymore. He's welcome Dave, anytime. Dave's the editor and plays it. I just made. It. Yeah, I'm aware, Don. I'm aware of how that goes. <laughs> Don says, so Dave is prohibiting you from joining the show. What the heck, Dave? I don't think Dave's prohibiting him. Don, I just don't think Don wants to be on the show. As a coach. I, we've often said Don should be like on the show, but it's not Don stuff. I appreciate the vote of confidence. Dave's got a great guest this week. Well, that's true. James is oh, quite that's awesome. A, that's a huge compliment. Don says, yeah, this week, but get your ass back here next week. I feel like we're being replaced, <laughs> John. Sounds like Don does not need to go run it. Sounds like James <laughs> needs a reset, maybe. I can't speak to James. It was a joke. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, right. Don, so, so Don, Don, Don asked me like two days ago if he could come on because he wanted to talk about the X-Men trailer and the Deadpool trailer. And I was like, oh, we already have a guest. So I, I want to get Don on to talk about X-Men 97. When things yeah. Drop. I haven't even seen it. Oh, it's pretty I good. Haven't. Somehow I have missed it. The trailer looks pretty good. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah. But getting back to the Deadpool one, which is where we were before the commercial break. Uh, yes, let's talk about that Deadpool trailer a little bit. I don't. Obviously, it looks like a Deadpool movie. I, I think he's jumping in and out of Wolverine's life, though. Could be. Like there was a scene where I thought I saw Wolf, uh, 
Hugh Jackman in the Barry Windsor outfits for Weapon X. And oh, that'd be cool. I, yeah, I, there, there I, I saw him like, right? pull off yeah. the goggles. What, here's the thing I found most fascinating. Since that trailer's come out, there's been like a hundred at least videos breaking it down on YouTube and everyone talking about this and that. And one of the things I love is, let's take the scene. Okay, so they're in the TVA and he's looking at those monitors and they're showing clips from different Marvel movies, MCU movies, right? And he makes the joke about being the MCU Jesus. However, is Marvel not known for putting fake stuff in trailers? That might not be what he's actually looking at in that scene in the movie. Because that's all green screen stuff. Even more credit if he released the very first goddamn trailer and it was freaking Deadpool literally trolling everyone. That's beautiful. That is so Deadpool. That is, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and he may actually be Marvel Jesus because if they use this movie to reset everything in, in conjunction with Secret Wars and then right the ship and start going in a single direction again instead of all this scattershot stuff, then yeah, then yeah, that would mean that Ryan Reynolds saved a billion, multi-billion dollar industry. I still don't think that this is a real, that they're using this as like a crisis moment. I don't think that's going to happen. That's just not what Marvel does. They're going to use this as a chance to rewrite the ship, I think, to get things going in an even direction again. But I don't think they're going to reset anything. I don't think, I don't see that happening. That's a hard I would, concept for like, I would, armies to grasp. I would love it if 90% of that trailer was a fake out. That'd be great. That would be so awesome. It it, it would be great just, but let's be really serious. It it would be great because it's Deadpool. That's why it works. Yeah. Anybody else would do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But with Deadpool, it works. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And if it isn't, and let's just say everything that we saw was part of it and it was a reset just to the X movies. I'm perfectly okay with that too. Yeah. Yeah. There's there. I, because I trust the filmmakers involved because they've done so much with so little in the past. I want to see what they're doing now when they got stuff. And the fact that he literally got to work the word pegging into a Disney commercial is also yeah. beautiful. First time ever. <laughs> According to him, first, but it's the first time did for you, Disney Plus. Son asked if you saw the controversy about X-Men 97. I did not. There's controversy about X-Men 97. I'll be talking about it on my channel soon. Oh, Don, I assume he's talking about X-Men 97. Uh, I do want to get him on though to talk about this. I think he's the perfect guy to talk X Men with. What? So what's he talk? What's what's Kassan talking about? I'm sure he'll tell me in a second. But what controversy? Oh, John says I had a comment in my last video that Deadpool was woke trash. Shaking my head. The X Men universe being attacked by anti woke internet commentators. Shaking my head. It's weird to call the X Men woke, and it's like, yeah, they're the X Men. Been woke weird to call Deadpool woke. They've been woke since the beginning. That whole point. The Morpheus. Oh, Morpheus! I did see that. He's a shapeshifter. Aren't all shapeshifters by nature non-binary? Yeah, I I don't even understand how some of those X-Men characters you could even assign a sex to. Goop. Well, is it Morph? What was is is Morph the name of the dude that was like all digital? No, no. Warlock. Morph was the cartoon character that would like literally. Because morphing was a big term in the eighties and the ninety or the nineties, where like you change shape, that's what they called him. He was the character that was created specifically for the uh, X Men ninety two show, who dies right. in like the third episode. Okay, I remember him, but dude, there's what? <laughs> oh, for the love of God! <laughs> oh my God! That one I hadn't heard. I heard about the non-binary thing with morph, but uh, Rogue was Rogue... a freaking 
kid when her storyline started. She only became like that after Jim Lee started drawing them in the freaking uh, lost land. Yeah. Whatever. Jim Lee's got a type. The fact that there are people that are complaining about a non-shapely cartoon character yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. You fucking nerds. Kassan says, I'd actually like to hear your comments about that. I understand the change to morph can be accounted for. But what do you think about how the original character wasn't non-binary? I think Here's the thing. I, we didn't have that term non-binary, yeah. but by its name, but by the nature of a shapeshifter, they have no no gender of itself. Like, let's take Mystique. They can instance. change their gender at will. Uh, no. In all honesty, and all so time. they are technically non-binary. It makes yeah. sense. And it's we didn't have that term in the early '90s. It just didn't. But that term perfectly describes shapeshifter. Let's take Mystique for example. Most of the time, she's transforming into dudes, and yeah. most of her escapades of the sexual nature are with other women i don't understand why i don't understand why that's a thing with a shapeshifter specifically i think that's easy to say of course you're non-binary you don't have you could be whatever you want to be when you want to be it i don't get why that's a problem wow we got we got derailed from deadpool really fast <laughs> what we do what we do let's talk about x-men 97 while we're here did you watch the trailer i did James, I I, it was in the email i sent i click link <laughs> don't worry if you don't read the show notes james Neither John or I do either. No, I read the. I read the. Please don't admit that on air. John, I actually just gag. made a sentence. And then I just, for some reason, just glossed over that. I'm not going to lie. Basically, it, it picks up where the show left off, and Professor Xavier dies. He died in the last week. Yeah, he did. Now it's Scott. Right, but now it's Scott trying to keep the X Men together, basically, is what the premise it looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Jean's pregnant. Is it Wolverines or is it Cyclopses? I don't think they're going that route. I'm pretty sure it's Cyclopses. The question is really is who's the baby? Oh, wait. Who is oh, that the great. most powerful mutant? No, Hope is not Jean Grey's daughter. It could be. What's the thing? No, is it, it could it'll be. End up, it, it'll end up being Cable and them send him into it's the not It's not Cable. It's not Cable. Madeline Pryor is Cable. So it could be Cable. It could be Nate Gray, the X Man. It could be Rachel Summers, the second Phoenix. I think you could have a nice little mystery on your hands. In X Men '97, did they already do the Phoenix or their their version of the they, Phoenix? They did do the they Dark did. Phoenix Saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then that this may not even actually be Gene. It might not be Gene. Oh, that's right. Oh. Could be. It's the X Men. Could be anything. Don's pretty sure. Dude, that is such a complicated storyline. There's no oh, point God. in trying to figure out who it is. Yeah. There's I'm curious. Too many options, and the options are hidden. Yeah. There's I'm, there's no point. There's no. Yeah, there's no way to guess who that kid. Don says the kid's gonna be Nathan Summers, who would be Cable, so it's possible. It might be him just to connect to more of the Wolverine stuff, or the more of the Deadpool. Stuff. Well, they had Cable. I'm in not the gonna show, read it. So it he's right. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna read it. We're gonna move past that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm curious. I think the show looks really good. I think they're picking up where the. I like the animation that it's close enough to the original without being as cheap and shoddy looking as the original was. But I, one of the things I found interesting in the description is they said that. Uh, it'll be a lighter version of Morph, but they are going to touch on the stuff from the show, the, the original show, where he he not only he died, but he came back. Um, was it Apocalypse? He was brought him back. It was Apocalypse. Yeah. So then he, he was he worked for him, and then at the end he turned and helped them defeat Apocalypse. And it was just like, he had a really dark storyline in that cartoon. Well, now they're going to give us a lighter version. Probably because they, they just don't want to do a it. bunch of different dark stuff inside of there. And they you did use characters that weren't part of the comic to do it. Yeah, but that was honestly that's not a bad choice considering the stories they were trying to yeah. tell. 
like Leech, for example, but all the crap that went on with that character, it would have been much harder to pull that character off if they'd have grabbed somebody else. It did, he right. betrayed them and did all kinds of crap. It made it a lot easier to write the original story and at least keep to the spirit of what was going on. And a lot of people loved it. And the, it, there, I don't know anybody in my sphere who had a bunch of shit to talk about the original X-Men stories because they were really well done, even though mm -hmm. the animation was herky-jerky. Yeah, it's, it's animated on the threes. Yeah, it's the animation sucks, but the new one looks good. Don says, Gambit kinetically charging Wolverine's claws. Oh, boy. Yeah, I saw that, too, and went, I've never seen that before. That That's is pretty, pretty cool. fucking awesome. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pumped to see that. That's going to be cool. Hmm. The original Exiles. Yeah, that's what he said. Morph looks like uh, yeah. the Morph from the original Exiles run. Mm -hmm. Wait. Yeah, so he's obviously excited about it. Well, so, what did you think, Dave? No, I thought Morph looked like... Oh, my God, why can't I think of his name? The Spider-Man villain who... The Chameleon. The Chameleon. It, the way that's kind of what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He looked a lot like him. So no, I I think it looks good. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch it. I got a soft spot for that show big time. I loved X-Men 92. That was... I was like the perfect age. Like I was about 12. So I was reading yeah. the comics and I knew the backstories and seeing them play out in cartoon yeah. form. Like it was like right age, right place, right time. I loved it. I'm excited. to see. It was good. I was watching it the whole time, but it also didn't it come on at the same time as Batman animated. It did. And that's, that's what hurt it. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching that. I was a, I'm a huge Bruce Tim fan. I was watching mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and just trying to go back and forth during the commercials. I think he pissed off and missing. Bits of those shows. When I was but, Fortunately, that right, is, is my jam from back then. What what, so, what kid these days understands that kind of dilemma? Because these days you just exist. either record it or you, you set your fingertips, man. My kid, I, we were at the hotel yesterday downstate. I said, you want to watch TV? And he goes, why? I can't pick what I want. <laughs> and I was like, he's Damn. right. He gets to watch whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. <laughs> Great. Uh, Cassandra is another subject. Does a lighter story say something about the emotional maturity of today's audience versus us watching in the 90s? No, I don't think that's what they're going at. I think they sing by a lighter tone. They're just not going to reflect on his story. I think Morph's just going to be more of an, a character on the periphery, more so than someone who... Because like at this series, you're only getting a handful. You're only getting a handful. So I think that's... I, re I remember this. Pizza Hut had the VHS tapes. It did. Yeah, just to go with something Cassandra said, I think that the audience maturity level... Uh, hasn't really changed i think that some of the shows are starting to realize that you don't have to assume we're idiots there were some really good so, shows on re a long time ago that people still recognize now as being very deep and catering to adults and children and they i don't know it's just they're starting I, to recognize that now and they're starting to, to program so to that i think there's two sides to this i do think kids are more their parents are more protective of them today than like our generation. I'm, I'm sure we were all locked. Latchkey. Latchkey, that's the word. Latchkey kids at some point. But that being said, they're also exposed to a lot more all the time now because of the internet. So it's like it, it's a two-edged sword. So I, I don't, it's like a, that's too complicated of a question about maturity. I it, think. It's, kids may be aware of uh, more situations, but I wouldn't say that they've been confronted with more situations. Yeah. When you are one of those kids and you have to deal with things like getting chased down the street by a gangbanger's pissed off at you because you moved a key of drugs underneath one of the cars they left in and trying to get back to your house because there's a bigger drug dealer at your house. That's actually something that happened to me. Oh, so that was oddly specific, James. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I'm not going to hear that story, though, from my kids. My wife doesn't let them out of the house without watching them. Mm -hmm. I, it, it's, it is a different world because those of us who survived 
to the 90s and the 80s where there was no guidance. Yeah. Where there was, it was normal for your parents not to give a shit about where you were, whether they were home or not. They, it was such a problem. They had commercials at Just, night. Yes. 10 o'clock at night. Do you know where your kids are? Yeah. And a lot of parents were like, fuck, I don't. Where the hell is Tommy? Mm-hmm. It's, it, that doesn't happen today. At the same time, as a parent, I got a young son now. When I was his age, my parents let me watch RoboCop. I couldn't imagine letting my seven-year-old watch RoboCop. Right. Yeah, I think I my wife would divorce me. Hmm. Yeah, my wife would bounce me to the curb tomorrow if I said, "Yeah, I let our kid watch RoboCop." Seventy thousand people die. Guy gets dipped in toxic waste and comes out going. Yeah. That was the coolest scene back then. It though. really was. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm fucked up. I don't need my kid to be like me. We were actually. It's funny. Continuing on this non sequitur. Last night, nice work, we were watching TV, my girlfriend and I, and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was on. Oh, I love that movie. And the boat scene came on. Oh, and like, yeah. <laughs> we're watching it, but we were like, when we were kids, this was considered one of the creepiest scenes ever. Yep. And Still is. Like, it is, but it's not compared oh, to some of the stuff that's oh, out there now. Dave, I disagree with you on We showed it to Andy maybe two months ago. Because we always watch, he loves movie night. We sit down and watch older movies. Okay. And we yeah. watched Willy Wonka. And he got freaked out during the boat scene. He, okay. he was uncomfortable. He's like, yeah. this is scary. I said, I know. Strap in. I guess it's <laughs> being an adult looking back on yeah, it. Like, it you know, you're not looking at it through a child's eyes. Children right, are right. especially And especially Wonka. The Wonka movie itself is such a mind fuck. Because Gene Wilder's playing him like a sociopath the whole time. Mm-hmm. You never know what angle he's going with. Which was perfect. Gonna, it's perfect. Dude, oh, no, the genius performance. I love that movie. They fall asleep before that imagination song comes on. Even now, it's one of their favorites. Let's all settle down and, and watch something that they think is amazing. They were just as furious as I was when they tried to reboot it, and they rebooted it with Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp. And the movie was so different than the original. They were furious. The funny thing is, because I have very strong memories from when I was little, my sister read me the book. Mm -hmm. and The book is closer to Depp. Yes, the book is a lot closer to the Depp version than the Willy Wonka movie, but I love the, the the, the original movie so much. I think I have. it's because everybody could, uh, the way they did Charlie in the original movie, they spent more time on him. They spent more time yes. on his background, and his background made sense. I think all of us who were either lonely kids or the kid that grew up with no money, yes. think about how much of that movie is filmed from Charlie's point of view. It begins with him looking inside that candy store. There's no candy store in the world where somebody's throwing candy out all over the place to every child that's in there. But when you were the poor-ass kids who has holes yep. in your shoes and you're trying to get a paper route to buy bread. Mm-hmm. Dude, you look in the store and you see those kids buying candy. That's the shit that's in your head, man. Yep. That's why like, that movie works. It's yeah. so relatable. And it's funny. It's called Willy Wonka and not Charlie in the Chocolate Factory because, like, it's so Charlie. It's way more Charlie's really? story and the, than Wonka's story. Was. Absolutely great was around Charlie's point of view. Yeah. And I, I've seen this pointed out a few times and I couldn't help but think about it while we were watching it last night. When the boat comes... There's not enough seats for if Gus yeah. is in the phone. There's yeah. only enough seats for the people alive. And when they yeah. get to the car, there's only enough seats for the two kids and the two parents that are alive. Yeah, well, I don't think that was on purpose. I think that was budget restrictions. Yeah, a little bit of column A, <laughs> a little bit of column B. Sometimes it works out. <laughs> Wonka's got a little bit of saw in him, a little bit of jigsaw in him. A little so, bit. Yeah. That's, but that's part of the charm of like children's stories. And I think we've tried to like dull the edge on like good children's stories over mm-hmm. the years. Because there's an element of danger that, that kids like. Kids dig that. And I think that too often we as parents try to smooth all the edges over. And it like, 
it leaves the stories not as dangerous as they are. Like a good fairy tale has a, has an edge to it. Even those original yeah. Disney movies are fucked up at every point. You go back and watch like those did like Sleeping Beauty or something like that, and you're like, oh yeah, this is it's messed up. Important if you ever read heroes do and what the heroes go through against the darker villain matter less when the villains are pansy asses correct yeah the darker that villain is like the horn king in the black cauldron it's a fucking lich okay and i showed my kids that and read the book to them when they were really little they that the horn king is a scary he is scary that's a and that's the problem with Dark Cauldron. Is Dark Cauldron might have pushed it too far, but I always loved it. I remember being a little kid and going we to see the Dark Cauldron and uh, the Black Cauldron, excuse me. And Disney has done such such a job of distancing distancing themselves from it that I think it's a shame because I think it's a movie that's aged yeah, pretty it? good. It, yeah. it aims really high and doesn't quite hit all the marks on it. But the Horn King is a great villain, and you need a villain with teeth. And I think that's the problem with a lot of these movies now is the villains don't have teeth. They're not scary enough that movie did almost bankrupt disney though it did almost bankrupt because it's not as much as i like it it's flawed right yeah and it really suffers a lot from the studio being in chaos right because disney also, studios also isn't really bad. close to the book i don't know if you guys have read it but the whole i've never read black hole god i keep saying farmer all of that stuff is straight out of the book that thing is almost a straight translation because science says it's true it's true jd that's why anime is taking over media for kids they don't avoid darker subjects my hero academia is a good example they want more dilemmas i agree i'm at i teach high school kids tons of i see tons of manga on the desks and stuff like that all the time one kid one of my students walked in with the gunslinger and I had a tear in my eye. I'm like, get oh, wow. I, said, this is, I said, this is the worst book in the series. If you can get through this one, the rest of them are great. He's really like, slow. I said, it's really slow. Just get through this one. Trust me on this. Yeah. Only get to episode 37 in one piece. Then it's great. <laughs> that's a, right. that's a chore, man. I don't know how you, you are committed. It's like getting tattooed. Oh, dude, so I is the first number. gunslinger book. Oh, it is. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's all right all right let's get back to deadpool a little bit oh my god we're still talking about deadpool i mean we have a lot more to cover i didn't even really finish talking about deadpool though I'm so done. here's one of the things i wanted to say and this is just about in general one of the things that really ticked me off watching the super bowl there wow. was like a little quick two second thing that came on where it was like deadpool tra- trailer now go online and watch it it was like why don't you just show it i'm already watching this you're directing me to leave watching the game and go online dave, and watch this dave they paid a lot of money but they can show you a whole trailer do you know how much money if they showed a full two minute trailer it would cost them that's four spots in the super bowl. that's but why it's disney they can afford it yeah but why... that, that trailer has a million up a million views now oh, no, so, man, it's the most, it is the most 150 million in the first oh, yeah. hours. most watched trailer in the history of youtube yeah they're right, and they only had to pay for one quarter of a commercial to get you to watch it. So Ooh, the bean counters call. at Disney are never wrong. Seven million a spot. So they yep. take this on seven million. So seven seven times four I, is twenty eight. So you're talking about twenty eight million dollars when I can but here's, a quarter of that to make you go to YouTube and get you not watching everybody else's. And here's the thing: I think the other reason they do that is so they can really gauge interest. They can for see sure. how many people run to watch it. Yeah, Because that's instant feedback that you don't get immediately with Neil. I think they've got Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl had, uh, it had like 30, it had like point thirty, I got 3.7 rating, or 37.0 rating, which is just mind-boggling. Really, that story is so depressing. Don, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Yeah. It's so, Dave's oh, picking these things up. Oh, Black Cauldron. Oh, I like the Black Berserk has a fanatic following in high school. Maybe oh. that's what he's talking about. I, I skipped, I missed okay, that comment. 
Anyways, yeah, so, but it worked though. So they got people, not only did they get you to turn on YouTube during the Super Bowl, they also yeah. took attention away from the following three spots. That's money. That is money well spent. True. Dave's being the old man yelling at the clock. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm being the old man because I wanted to just sit there and watch it. I didn't want to click away and go somewhere else. Really? Yeah. Was the Super Bowl that good? It actually was. It, it's the second Super Bowl ever to go in overtime. That's pretty good. So, yeah, it's a, it was a good game. It was it an even match between the two of them. The first huh? comeback from that far back or something? No, it, or, no, no, no. No, there's been bigger ones. Fucking Tom Brady. But it's been... Uh, yeah, I was about to say, was, I think the comeback against the Eagles from yeah. the Patriots was one of the biggest comebacks in, in Super Bowl. I think Bowl. the Falcons, too. I think count if you... Uh, that also says also the trailer for Deadpool made Disney 350 million views generates tons of ads. Yeah, Disney's not. Yeah, that was at least four four dollars. Yeah, Disney. Or, yeah, it's different for Disney making money on YouTube than it is for like us. So oh, they're being a, oh, yeah, yeah. they're fine. They're fine. They made money. They promoted their movie. We're all gonna go see it and talk about it. They made know? four dollars. There you go. I like that. There's no money. In YouTube. Um, the only other thing. The only other thing I found interesting was the only other major character they really decided to show other than the ones that have we've already seen before in the beginning birthday party scene was pyro other than that they didn't pyro show anyone so was teenage nagasonic what the right, right. Teenage teenage nagasonic nagasonic warhead. Warhead. but we've already seen her in other deadpool movies pyro is the first x-men that we haven't seen in a movie before yeah but if we go by the normal deadpool rules it's going to be him wolverine deadpool and the two girls could be that's it <laughs> oh my god i didn't even think of that no, I think Disney gave him a little bit of a bigger budget. I could be wrong, but I would imagine that uh, see, we will see. They know this movie's going to make the money. I yeah, know, part of me at that point would be like, no, I'm going to do it with a smaller budget out of spite. I think though the other thing, the one theory I saw that I, but we'll see if it really pans out. So th- when you see the back of Wolverine sitting at the, the that and he's in the white suit, that it's actually Patch, which Ooh, is an al- alternate crazy. version of Wolverine. I didn't even think about that. That's and that it's not going to be, that's not going to be Hugh Jackman. Because I said, if you look, that person's actually shorter than Hugh Jackman would be sitting in that seat. And uh, two, there are two current, current rumors know. that it could Wolverine's be. He's immortal. I don't think that it's going to be alternate versions of him. I think he's going to just be running through Wolverine's I life, think, going through I different think, times in the X universe. I think he keeps going right. back to Hugh Jackman because who lived through all of it? Hugh Jackman. So he's going to be, oops, oh. he's going to be running oh. into him repeatedly. And just that's his ride or die. You got your fastball special, I think, in the second one. We didn't get it. So who? So who's the who's the rumor that it's supposed to be? If it's not um, as Patch, who was? Oh, there's like, two. Um, the guy who played uh, from the what's those spy movies? The with the guys who wear the suits. Um, James uh, Bond. No, it, it is British. He. It is a British thing. I heard it's the kid who plays Harry Potter. Th- that's Dan Radcliffe, and then Egerton. I think his name is Joel Egerton. Joel Edgerton. They're oh. the two rumors because they both have been rumored to be thing. And actually, there there's a rumor that Dan Radcliffe you know did sign a contract with Disney. But you know what? That horrible. would make sense though. If at the end of the movie, the last time he sees Wolverine, it's a different person, so that somebody else besides Hugh can play the character. It's actually a good idea. If this is like yeah. just meant to close out Hugh Jackman again as Wolverine, I'd be okay. No, that was X three. Thanks for reminding. Yes, but it did get the fastball special in it. It did, but the movie was trash. (laughs) Brett Ratner is a horrible human being and an even worse filmmaker somehow. So, you know, 
the guys who are in the suits in spy movies, very specific. I know that's what we're working with here. You know, the guy, he's in the suit. He was, spy yeah, movies. Yeah, what those movies he was in, though. The Kingsman. The, the Kingsman. Yeah. Clothes maketh the man. That's what I was thinking of that line. That's why I said the suit. Was that Marvel? I don't know. They part of that movie. They were. Just... All right. Let's, let's talk about two other trailers or three other trailers that came out that kind of interested me, and that's the only reason I included them. The, they all fell out of nowhere to me because I had no idea these movies were coming. Um, yeah, I didn't see some of them coming. We'll start with Inside Out 2, which I thought was interesting because Pixar and Disney uh, historically do not make sequels that go into theater other than the Toy Story movies. Yeah, but the, so. there's little bits and pieces about Inside Out, like where they made shorts about her, that puberty was coming, and that all these this other bit. My, my daughter follows Inside Out like she oh, okay. the movie. And she's also scared to death that, that she's gonna go through Bing Bong withdrawals one day. It, my, that was my question: Is that because I saw the movie when it first came out? My daughter, she was a little older when it came out, and she liked it. But like, I was just wondering: Is there an audience that's I'm, clamoring for this? I think so. I think yeah. every kid that loved that, that cried when Bing Bong disappeared is waiting to see what happens to that little girl. My my daughter, when she saw that one, she got super excited. She she knows that orange girls the anxiety. She knew who it was before they mentioned it. She's been watching anxiety. Yeah, that made a lot of sense to me. Anyone who's raised a daughter knows. And she said there's <laughs> two more too that are going to appear in it. Oh, okay. So I haven't watched it that closely. It's a great piece of storytelling. It's one of the better things that that Pixar's done, in my opinion. But um, like I, it's going to be weird watching that board expand and watching all the different things come in. And how she changes into an adult. You're going to watch. And it's going to be like some metaphor for what we go through in life. She's, but, she's but, really excited. But, but, if it, but if it's close to reality, then anxiety should take over the whole place. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean we're, as you get towards right, uh, I was gonna, as you that, get towards adulthood, anxiety <laughs> is really in charge of everything. San says a movie that deals with emotional roller coaster of the teenage years. Isn't that what most? Isn't that the most popular audience? Popular, populated audience is what he means. Yeah, I think it's going to work great. I, the idea of dealing with a more emotionally mature, or someone trying to become more emotionally mature, makes sense too. Like as you go through your teenage years. Here's the thing: is like the audience has grown. The audience for that movie has grown up, and I think James has got a point. I think they want to see what she's like older, and so they can once again identify with the character. I liked Inside Out. I don't have a daughter, but I, it was a good, good movie, so we'll check it out again. That's all yeah. I got on that. Cool. All right. Um, and then they made a sequel to a almost 30-year-old movie that I didn't see coming. Twisters? I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a sequel. From what I've read, it's a sequel, but it sure looks like they tried to cast it as a remake, remake or sure it like it's a sequel reboot kind of thing i think it, but, it doesn't even look like a, a sequel a little bit it, i agree with with john it, it's gotta be some kind of a weird mixture and my wife loves the first system she's got like 10 movies that she watches over and over again that's one of them she loves it yeah but when i told her about this and she's who's in it i don't fucking know <laughs> yeah you're not gonna be like, bill paxton right that. what's his name i was like no she's like oh, i don't want to watch that like she wasn't even remotely interested in who Yeah, that was, was my was... my late wife's movie. That might was one of my late wife's favorite movies too, especially the look a cow scene. <laughs> yeah, um, we or we've got twins, right? They, the that thing was, is, that's like, from the original. Yeah, yes, well, the movie the about movie, that one scene expanded. It's a yeah. movie about tornado chasers, but it's not. I wouldn't. You don't really call it an action movie, right? Yeah, there's action scenes when they're dealing with the tornadoes, 
with the twisters, but it's not like this bombastic. And I feel like the sequel they're trying to make like this over the top bombastic, you know, feel like Sharknado type movie. And it's like, why? So I would have liked if it had shown some of the heart that was in the first movie in the trailer. All we really got was there's a cowboy douchebag who has drills on his truck, talks a lot of shit. And there's some really good special effects making twin tornadoes. Yeah. That's all we got. That is all we got from that trailer, too. Yeah. The and, first and movie. Oh, go ahead, James. It's just it was seeing the heart from the first one where they were talking about the people they lost opening on that and why it mattered and then why it mattered to the people who were trying to do the science. They actually had a bunch of stuff where people were motivated to do it instead of just being YouTube celebrities, which is what that jackass was. So either he's like the version of Gary Yu's character or so, I don't know what the hell they're yeah. thinking. I don't know what it's going to be. I like Don's comment. It, it, isn't it fun that every time everything we're looking at here is either a reboot, a remake, or a sequel? There's nothing new. No, and there isn't going to be anything new until we vote that way with our dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We started right now in a ton of trouble because they've lost an insane amount of money. So has Bro. Uh, both of their whole media platforms are completely and totally freaking destroyed. Sony is attempting to commit suicide over and over again and failing. And the point of it is that the ones who are trying something new are relying on the ego of the filmmakers and choosing the wrong people for the wrong exactly. category. Yep. Along with the people who were, hey, you know what? This movie over here made us money. The algorithm tells us that if we make the same exact movie, we can predict the same amount of value from it. Let's do that again. Yeah, storytelling doesn't work that way, you jackasses. The problem is that there's a diminishing return on that, and they have to know that, right? Like, you can't sit there and say, "Oh, it worked every time." It hasn't, so I don't know why they keep doing it. Because it makes their investors believe they have a plan. Yeah, I gotta make investors happy. That's all it is. When you get money up to that level of it, all it's about is the investors' return. It's not about who's making the best money. That's why when you hear stories about like when United Pictures got created that was created because he was sick and fucking tired of dealing with all the all of the studios back then just trying to screw people over disney went bankrupt twice because he was trying to work with other people who were screwing him over there's an entire history of the reason why a bunch of the really big studios started doing well is because they flipped off the people that were forcing them into those situations yeah. and went their own way but the mm. problem is people are dead and the people who are alive are all the investors who are forcing the same thing over and over again because human beings don't learn. That's the thing, though, is we should. We saw last year the, the remarkable failure of everything at the box office that wasn't Barbie or Oppenheimer. That was the big yeah. story. The problem with this year is everything was too far into production to change gears now. And I think that we're going to see the same exact thing this year. I think you're going to see a bunch of tentpole, flag, tentpole franchises fail, and then they're going to have to do something else because it's not working, right? And it's... We're in, I want to say we're in trouble because there is original stuff that's being done, but it's being done in the streaming platforms. It's not being released at the box office. I, my one of my favorite movies last year was Iron Claw. Like, I love that. That was a different story that you don't see. Yeah. On a side note, the original Twister featured the final great Van Hagar song. So hopefully they could bring that back. That'd be nice. Oh, Humans Being. That's right. Humans Being. Great, (laughs) great little jam. Might be Um, the last decent Van Halen song in general, actually. The last decent one released, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. And then the final one that I wanted to talk about, because I am a music nerd and I am a fan of this musical. I've seen it twice, uh, once with the original um, Broadway cast, and that is Wicked is finally being made into a movie. I watched this trailer with uh, cautious optimism. 
Okay, so have any of you ever seen the musicals? I guess is my first question. <laughs> my daughter used to sing the songs all the time. I got nothing. No. Nah. I love musicals. I love live performances, but I am poor, so I don't get a lot of chances to go out and see them. All right. So I would love to see it. I've heard good things about. It. They're they're like in the trailer. They're playing like they're doing that old slowed down version of the music through the trailer, and it's Defying Gravity, which is like the song from the play. And I'm like, was, was that in Dean Mazel or? If they were respectful to uh, what I don't, started off of, then I am. Are you talking about the actress? Or are you talking about the, the singer? Yeah, the original singer from. I don't remember her name. I think it was Idina Menzel. I don't know. Yeah, Idina Menzel. That's right. It was okay. Right. Stephen yeah. Schwartz is the one who wrote the musical and the um, the play, which is based on a book. Can't go wrong with the Schwartz. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing, though, that I started... Obviously, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, I want to learn more about this because I want to see this movie. And what bugged me is they're making it a two-parter. So it's a Hollywood cash grab. Yes. And... They're, they're, the reason that they're um, claiming they're doing this is the book that it's based on is much longer than the play. And Stephen Schwartz went back and wrote more music that they're putting in the in the movies. And it was too long to make one movie out of. I don't I, so As long as they were faithful to the stuff from the original thing, it, then it'll probably work. It really just matters that they respected what it came from. That's one of the things that's so insane is the people, I would need to put my mark on this is my version. All that crap that goes on instead of respecting the original source material it is crazy so, why would you test it by doing all this stuff and have it exist for decades yeah. and then ignore that and say you know what this thing needs more white people and boobs oh, <laughs> boobs are nice son dave does the trailer give off the same vibe as the musical i can't say that because there's three seconds of them interacting and talking and the rest of it is just the special effects of the stuff that's gonna be in the movie which that's fine, but that's. I want to see the interaction between Glendola and I can't think of her name, the Wicked Witch. That's the whole play. Is their relationship is all about? That's what the whole play is about. So it's like, show me that in the trailer. Yeah, they get the right emotions right. It could yeah. still be great, even if they broke it into two pieces. There's other movies where they did that and it worked. I'm down as long as they respected the source material. I am down and excited. Yeah, hmm. and not till Thanksgiving, so I got a while to wait. But yeah, uh oh. That doesn't what? bode well when the trailer blurs the story behind Blitz and Effect. Yeah, but I also feel like they're trying to grab an audience that has no idea what the musical is. But I mean, the musical has a huge following, so I don't... I think that was a misstep. I think they should have just played Defying Gravity and I can't think of the actress who's playing um, Cynthia Avino is playing the Wicked Witch and just ha play that, that play in the background. And I think you'd grab all the fans of the music. Oh, Ariana Grande is playing Glinda. Yeah. Oh. That's the other thing. That I'm, eh, I know she can sing, but can she really act? We'll see. She actually she's has some really skills. Well. Yeah. She's been doing really well. Yeah. Bleh. Is she, isn't that the woman in the murder in the building? The girl? That's Selena Gomez. That's oh, Selena yeah. Gomez. Yeah. No, Ariana Grande actually has a, some okay from, like, chops. See, I remember her from Nickelodeon shows, and she played an idiot in the. So that's not who I'm in Victoria. My daughter yeah. keeps talking about her, so she can't be all bad. <clears throat> she so, isn't. I never said she was bad. It's just I don't know what if she can do this or not. She, I, I don't know. I, I think she can. It depends on. It's going to be depend on the direction. I don't know. I don't think you know she's an Oscar winner or anything, but she has some chops. I think she can do it. Yeah, I mean, one, it was funny. One of the things I was reading an article, people were upset they didn't bring in the original cast from the Broadway, but I'm like. That, that was like, 
that was almost 20 years ago. Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth is getting a little bit old. And like, that wouldn't have made any sense, though. Yeah. All right. That's I. That was my little uh, piece I wanted to add. Um, all right. So two other quick pieces of news that came out. Um, first off, this is the most confusing news that ever came out related to comics that I keep seeing people comment on wrongly online. <sighs> Rob Liefeld officially retired from Marvel, specifically doing Deadpool. But he right? hasn't retired from comics. But everyone, keep, anytime something that's posted about Liefeld comes up about him working, something he's working on, they're like, I thought he retired. And it's You're like, talking about a guy who consistently worked since 1994. And even in 1994, really? every book that he was doing, every book that he was in charge of, everything that Amish got put out, except for the profit books, were late every month. Rob Liefeld. Yeah. yeah. He's quit three of the biggest companies in the world, one of which he was partially in charge of. Uh-huh. He's pissed off all the best creators on the planet at one time or another. He's a very controversial guy when it comes to working with other people and being reliable. And we're all talking about whether he's retired or not. This and is like I to figure out if Hulk Hogan is actually retired or not. Yeah. And I think it's also he's made so much money off of the Deadpool movies. He probably doesn't have to work anymore anyway. It's not like he's ever been poor. True. I know he has a percentage because of the way he worked his contract out a long time ago. And Mm -hmm. and because of him and Tom McFarlane specifically, Marvel doesn't do contracts like that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, That's probably some small piece of it. But figuring out whether he's going to be involved in things going forward or how involved he was or the rest, I don't know. There's a limitation to that. Because when you look at the Deadpool everybody loves right now, that is not how Deadpool acted when he first came out. Everybody's talked about this multiple times. Yeah. Deadpool, everybody loves. Uh, I can't remember the name. Joe Kelly. Thank you. Joe yep. Kelly completely revamped Deadpool, not rebooted, but just kept going and pushed it into the realm that everybody loves so much. And he, Rob Liefeld, he was Spider-Man with a, with guns, and that was as far as he took it. A lot of the aspects of the character that were more rounded about and stuff like that they did not come from Rob Liefeld I don't know man it's weird he there's a lot of stuff that guy has done that the whole industry should be like those were smart moves those are good moves but the guy seems to also bring chaos after he's worked on anything for any period of time he's a drama queen always has been I have a feeling and hey you can call me crazy conspiracy theory guy yes I feel like he I feel like he did this so that in a year or a year and a half, he can announce a special return to Deadpool for a four issue mini. Of course. And, uh, and it's like and, when Kiss it's like when Kiss says they're gonna retire. It's like, oh, okay, sure. You know, no, they're, they're saying just... this is really their final tour right okay. now. Yeah. <laughs> Gene Simmons sure wouldn't oh, tell a fit. I, to make saw, I forgot that's one of the things I talk about. I went and saw Mr. Big last I'm sorry. week. Yeah, on purpose. I like Mr. Big. Twenty four shoe? I got fours. Well, the first band I ever went to see was Mr. Big, and I was furious. <laughs> they were so good. I don't know. I thought they were really good. Their songs are just uh, I think Mike Gilbert's one of the one of the best guitarists ever. And he's, he's, a, but he's one of those. He's one of the most underrated guitarists in rock. But Van Halen's one of the greatest guitarists ever, and I cannot stand Van Halen music. Don't make me boot you. <laughs> don't make me boot you from this podcast. No. In fact, wait a minute. Am I going to get punished? We don't do that here. Wow. (laughs) We respect the god of rock on this podcast. 
Uh, I, re I, so Elvis? I respect their skills. It doesn't mean I want to listen to music about drugs. And That's why you listen to Van Hagar. It's all about love. Uh, <laughs> Van Hagar was all right. about Sammy Hagar's love. But they're saying that's their final tour, too, and I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good point. Rob Liefeld is also one of those guys that thrives on controversy. Mm -hmm. It's a skill some people have. They yeah. disrupt and bring things up and new and whatever like that. Some people are really good at it. I think he falls in that category. The god of rock is Getty Lee. Now, I agree with that. Getty Lee rules. Rush is the, the shit. Rob Liefeld, he's, a just, he's like he's a disturber. He's always upset the status quo. From the Lee 501 jeans commercial in the early 90s. Van Halen, Mr. Big, and politics are now on the ban list. I'm okay with Mr. Big being on the no list. You know what? Screw so, all of you. Rob Liefeld just likes to call his shit. He's a constant shit disturber. He's a lot of trouble, but he's good at He's a shameless self-promoter, yes. and he's good at it. Like, whatever, man. It's Rob Liefeld. Yeah, I'm not knocking those skills. Yeah. I, the guy obviously has a better career in comics than I do. You can't really say all that shit about it. He's done some amazing stuff. It's just yes. that, dude, when you're talking about him retiring, it's like for six months, for a year, for three months, and then he'll all of a sudden he'll reappear. Like Sam Keith takes sabbaticals, and then you hear he's got like some gigantic, huge art book that has to come out. It, it's Sam Keith's, really, Sam Keith's really good, though. The difference. I was going to say the difference between you and Liefeld James is you can draw feet. Most of the time. <laughs> I have trouble with horse feet. I really do. I believe that. Horses have weird looking feet. Yeah, horses are hard. Horses are hard. All right. And I think the big news we got this week, guys, is we've got the cast for the Marvel Fantastic Four movie coming out in 2025. And of course, that's Pedro Pascal as Mr. Fantastic, Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm, Ebon Moss, how do you say his name? Ben Ratch? I think it's Ben David. Yeah. Um, Bachrock Bach Bach as Bach Ben Grimm and Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. So I love this cast. Finally, a Kirby's going to make money in the Fantastic Four. No relation. <laughs> <laughs> no relation to the actual Jack Kirby, which no, is a shame. No, when when, when the cat because all these all these guys have been rumored to be cast. From, I honest to God, I think this is fantastic. I'm big. Pardon the pun. I like it. Joseph Quinn was like my Kassan with his negative energy again. Still, not I, don't know, I can agree with Kassan where I'm really? not highly sold about Pedro. I, it's a lot of the stuff that's Mandalorian because I love the Mandalorian, but he's not the guy walking around with the helmet on. There's four people, and one yeah. of the guys who's doing it is John Wayne's grandson or whatever. He's the one that most of us see with the helmet on. So the scenes without it, when he doesn't have it and stuff like that, yeah, he's doing just fine. But here's the thing. I don't know what I expect out of Reed Richards anymore. It's true. And I don't know what take Pedro's going to have. I'm open to whatever they're going to try. But I think the most important thing, like what Kassan's talking about here, I think it's going to be a lot more important about who their villain is and how their family dynamic relates to it as a whole. Those things may all be great. All those actors may be all great. But if they can't perform a group chemistry and get the group chemistry dynamic dialed in as well as be against something we'll all watch it it'll have skulls or something like that and then every word out of every nerd's mouth is going to be where is doom whatever because we don't know who who is it going to be doom central is it going to be based on him the rumor yeah Kassan's right the current rumor is that doom is only going to be introduced in the after credit scene so it'll be something else 
I think that's the move. I think that's a good move. I think that yeah. Doom, Doom is such an oxygen taker that I think you need to really establish what the Fantastic Four is. And I'll tell you why I like this, is I like the way they chose to reveal this cast. Okay. I like the piece of art they created because it has very much a 60s pop art vibe to it. I like the fonts they used. I like some of the design choices they used because I've been saying for a long time that the Fantastic Four is something very much of its era, right? And I'd like to see a film try to capture that now i don't know how they're going to do that yet but the vibe of the at least the first piece of promotional art that we've seen seems to address that so i'm intrigued already i love joseph quinn in stranger things i told my kid he was who's that i said oh that's eddie munson remember this because i've shown him the scene with the the master of puppets scene and he's like, oh my god that, that's awesome television. It's, it's phenomenal it's one of the greatest, yeah, one of the greatest yeah. single scenes of a television show ever. So that guy really captured people's attention, and I could totally see him pulling off Johnny Storm. I like Vanessa Kirby. She's got this aloofness in the Mission Impossible films that I think will go well for Sue Storm. I don't know. The only guy, the guy playing the thing, I don't know much about him. I know he's on The Bear. I've never watched that show. <clears throat> Again, I'm on board. I like Pedro Pascal as an actor. I loved him in Game of Thrones. I've never watched The Last of Us, but I heard good things. He did a great job with a shitty character in Wonder Woman 84. He's a character actor. And like you said, what's Reed going to be? I don't know. What's cool is what Tony Stark is. We all think of as Tony Stark is what Robert Downey Jr. brought. To the- yeah. So I would like to see him put his own spin on what that means. And I don't know what that means quite yet, but I'm at least curious. And I think we're getting, we're not getting a young guy. We're getting a veteran actor. So we're going to go head on to the temp- potentially problematic relationship with Stu and Reed of the large age difference between them, which is just part of who the character is. So I'm curious to see where this all goes. I'm cautiously optimistic. I was and gonna the, say, okay. and and the re why the reason why we may not get Doom in this movie is because I think they it's possible they might introduce him earlier to start taking over from Kang. That's not gonna happen. I no. don't know. Not gonna happen. Nah. No, they're gonna recast, I, they're gonna recast Kang. Yeah, that that's a that's a fan dream. I think yeah. there's there are too many things, too many irons in the fire already too for many, them to. There's too many ores in the fire and irons in the water for them to change path now. Yeah. And if it is, and if it's a, if it is a period piece, then it gives them a lot more openness to be able to work. It does. It, it, it changes the story. Writing stories without cell phones is so much easier. <laughs> it um, really is, especially with the Fantastic I, Four. Yeah. I think you're right too with the age difference thing because they didn't touch that on any of the other Fantastic Four movies. Like they did in the Roger Corman one a a little bit. Kind of. But yeah. yeah, in the ones from the early 2000s, there wasn't a big age difference between them and the, not at all in the fan force stick. Here's so, a question for you guys. But is it going to be as good as The Incredibles? I don't know. See, that, that's the acid test, though, isn't it? I think, yeah. With, honest, what The Incredibles was. Your, the your Incredibles was them doing Fantastic Four without having the rights. You're 100% right, and you're 100% right with it's all about the relationships, the chemistry between the four actors. If it's not there, you're going to see it right away, and it's just not going to work. Yeah, but it can if they get that chemistry right. And, yeah, and then I think that the, those actors, if they can work on that part, because that's the only thing that those four can control. Mm-hmm. And if they have that good enough editing to be able to catch it, because most of what we see that's chemistry is actually good editing. Because I've been on film shoots where people are working, four actors do not hit it at the exact same time. One guy hits it, the other three are talking like robots. It's always like that. And it comes down to the editor getting all of yeah. that correct. But right now in Disney, the stuff falling apart the most is stuff. Oh, John? Yes. Did we lose James? 
We lost JD and James. Oh, okay then. Technical difficulties have... His point was so salient, it took down the connection. (laughs) Okay, just real quick. Hassan said, speaking of sequels, The Incredibles needs one. They did make a second uh, Incredibles movie. Yeah, and it was actually pretty good, too. Hold on, let me uh, me see if I can message James on Facebook to see if he realizes that he's... And I don't know where JD went. We we need content filler. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. (laughs) We need a dancing frog. Great. Let me tell you all how utterly horrible Madam Web was. Oh, wait, James is back. James is back. Okay, okay, hold on. (laughs) But I want to tell them how bad Madam Web was. <laughs> Wait, oh we had more amount of web jokes. I missed it. it was on no, right. not yet. We had to fill with something while you were off. Son of a bitch. Alright. I should be back. Adam I'm Larson not says he wants to play Batman. Okay, Kassan. Really? That's Hold on. A... <laughs> I'm I'm messaging JD to see what happened to him. Maybe like... he and I are having the same storm. Oh, was it a storm? I'm in the middle of the storm. No, he well he's um, in the Chicago area, so I don't think they're having a storm right now. He looked like he touched something on his computer and then just disappeared. Fuck this, I'm out. Talk to me about Fantastic Four, you sons of bitches. Okay. Well, Since given the track record. Third one. Alan Richardson says he wants to play Batman. Who, who the hell is Alan Richardson? I don't know. That's a good question. Do you know who he is, John? I know. I oh, oh, the guy from, he's, he's from Reacher. Oh, okay. If he was, if he played Batman, though, oh, like, the big it would dude? be the... It would be the biggest Batman we've I, ever seen. He'd be a Bruce Tim Batman. He'd look like a linebacker. He'd, yeah, no, I, that's true. No, you're right. And he, you're right. He also played Hawk. I, I can. Hawk, I'd be yeah, down Hawk for that. from Hawk and Dove. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be perfectly okay with him being Batman. And then you give him like a 14 year old stick of a kid as Robin. I'd, uh, all of a sudden, we're watching everything from before. I'm okay with that. Although, okay. As good as he's okay as Reacher, but I don't feel like Alan has. For, I was going to say a, a dynamic range in his acting, but then, oh my god, he was Aquaman. Are you, yeah, he was. Yeah, I think JD's joining us via his phone. He lost power at home, <laughs> so he could. That's what I did. That, this is through the browser, so you could technically use your phone, but you wouldn't have lights or anything. This is why I battery backup on everything. If I lost power, I, you'd still see me. <laughs> yes. All right. I can't even remember what we were talking about. So. <laughs> well, we, we, I was we're, ranting oh. about something. Yeah, it's time to get going. We got. Yes. It's well, time to talk to James about. J- <laughs> J- JD, you normally look like ass, so that's fine. <laughs> hey. Be nice to him. He'll kill you in his next book, that's, man. That's, just... what are, that's what friends are for. I was going to mention one thing real quick. It's funny, like, how rumors start. <laughs> uh, how rumors start flying when things like this come out. And there's been rumors for a long time that Henry Cavill has talked to people at Marvel. So now the current rumor is Henry Cavill's in the running to play Doctor Doom. What do we think of that? He could do it. I, anybody with acting chops that can do the whole I'm fucked in the head can be Doom. It's yep. just you have to let whoever's playing them be fucked in the head. Like it has to be, it has to be somebody who can change their visage. There has somebody who's been a good guy, and been a bad guy. They have to be able to play that off. It's a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde thing because he's going to be yeah. at first he's going to have to be their friend, and then it's going to turn into no, I'm literally the worst supervillain ever. 
Also, like, Doctor Doom, he 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 walks that edge because he cares about his people, but he also wants to take over the world, and he's got a really good reason for it. He's not one of those evil. I'm evil because of evil. It's I'm evil because I don't think any of the rest of you can deal with all the shit that's coming towards Earth, and I should be in charge to make sure that I can take care of it. Now, like, though, that basically means he's like the mere position of Tony Stark. Yeah. Yes, he w- he is. He's just willing to go a little bit farther than Tony Stark. Well, actually, he does what Tony Stark does by accident. He does on purpose what Tony Stark does by accident. Yeah, yeah most of <laughs> well, it was cuts from Tony, but it really, with Doom, it's not that at all. He enjoys making androids to do his stuff. He enjoys, like, all that. Yeah. yeah. But he still supposedly cares about his people and his country, but he still ha- he also has a good reason for wanting to do what he does, technically speaking. Like, he's got a reason. It isn't just, I'm evil for evil's sake. All right. You're right. I think that's enough. We should take a quick commercial break. Yeah, it's time back to talk to talk, our guests. And talk a little damaged ink. Yes, because I've been so quiet all day. This is so wizarding. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizard. You're thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. No one to stop us this time. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, and the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Ray. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast, where three friends review movies, TV, and sometimes more, podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. For Kellis Reagans, please tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast. Everybody, you can head on over to SoWizardPodcast.com, and there you're going to find a brand new episode every week. Find So Wizard on all podcasting streaming platforms, such as iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Check out our YouTube page, where new content is being uploaded regularly. We also have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can receive exclusive bonus content while you're supporting the show. No, I didn't! First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following! It takes a long all right <laughs> one more bit of news if you want to talk about it no come on kasan we've been running long we got 10 minutes left are you talking about moana too silk spider society is reportedly going through a creative overall i don't know what that is <laughs> it's gonna be silk i'm not even maybe next week we'll talk about that i don't know all right so james about damage inc one a war of broken a war of the broken daughters love key for those who are not familiar with you and familiar with your work can you give us the elevator pitch for those books the elevator pitch damage inc is a story it, it started off as a found family story these friends formed a club to hunt down supernatural creatures prior to metahuman for bounties they get from the state they've never been very good at it so every single time they go out it turns into explosions plan c and a lot of smack talk because the characters talk like my friends did they you threw up in front of your friends they are going to be meaner to you than anybody else in your life 
Yes. So I carry over a lot of banter from those friends interaction. Um, but also, we're also taking the found family thing a little bit farther. Some of the characters in this one, as we go on into the story, are going to start having to deal with the trauma that made them who they are. Right now, the story is going to be centered around, because we're into the story now. The first volume of this, there's four issues. We're now in the second issue of the second volume. And we've got a new villain. Her name is the Goblin Queen, which is actually based on one of my fans who won a contest. She won a contest. I created a villain based on her a little bit. And now I'm using that villain in the comic. That character is the Goblin Queen has gotten into Sarah's head. And as Sarah is choosing to help her, and we're right in the beginning of the story where a bunch of that's going to come out, and it's going to turn into four issues of a battle back and forth as the characters come to understandings about one of the one of the main characters is actually going to try to kill an entire town for the Goblin Queen. It's going to get that kind of crazy. And it's all going to be related back to the trauma that person suffered in that town. Now, the reason why I got into all of that and a lot more than just the friends being the friends is a lot of fans from the other Kickstarters, they told me, we want longer stories. We want character progression. I pulled them. Mm -hmm. And I brought on a writer by the name of Jeff Aragon. He did one of the short stories in the last issue. He knows me, knows these characters, and he's really done a good job of finding little bits and pieces about that trauma to explore. And that's exactly what's going to be happening. There is going to be a lot of emotion. Sarah, the character that's based on my sister, it was basically traumatized in that town. She was turned into a victim. And that character is going to go hog wild and start messing the place up. And this is the beginning part of that story where all that stuff begins to seep in. I'm pretty excited about it. It's the first time that I've done a multi-issue story out that far. And we're going to see what happens with Jeff's writing and my creepy-ass artwork. So we'll see where it goes. Can cool. I just say that I am disappointed that the marked by the club tier two is already gone <laughs> and I cannot pay to get killed. Um, I'll try to work something out for you, John. Oh my God. How many times do you want to die? In a uh, comic all, my only response to that is here, take my money. <laughs> for the first time we did that, it ended up being really funny and going out really well. I sat down to try to make it like a, a two or three frame thing. And then turned into four pages of you guys arguing on your way to your seats. If you guys, telling john to shut the hell up and then that's the best part glad yeah, to help the goblins the goblin wasn't even screwing with you guys and then john got up and started throwing popcorn at him <laughs> really funny. i had a lot of fun doing it and i'm right now i'm working on a four-page sequence for the other um people who have already gotten the mark by the club <laughs> so i will see what i can do if i if we get into it a little bit farther, it's going to turn into more pages and more pages is going to be a bigger printing. We'll yeah. figure something out. Uh, how much I'll talk to you about after yeah, this. You, John, you and I can talk about, I want to make sure you're happy with the pages and everything else first before we go. Uh, I know. It's all good. But you have, you have your Kickstarter. You have quite a few different uh, pledges, uh, pledge tiers on here. And what is it? Original art sketch member patch. You, it's, I, your Kickstarters are getting even better. Well, hi, thank you. I actually, dude, when I was doing the original art for this one, what I've been doing is having goblins in the drawings saying thank you to people. I had to draw <laughs> a goblin pole dancing on a stop sign. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but on purpose? Or wait, did somebody force? That's awesome. You, you do what you do to get people to back your book. Man. Yeah. yeah. And if that means a goblin's got a pole dance, then a goblin's got a pole dance. <sighs> 
I think you're really close to the hentai membership of a lot of animes. <laughs> Look, one of, another buddy, another creator friend of mine, I just did a project with, I'm really proud with how it came out. He runs a hentai anthology and he just had a huge Kickstarter and I haven't even read it or whatnot. It's not my thing, but the he's a great writer. Like the script I worked with that he did, it was the best script I've ever had given to me, ever. It was the smoothest, most professional one. And then I find out after I'm done with that project, I, I turn around and he's like, oh yeah, I got this Kickstarter going. I look at it, it's a freaking hentai book. <laughs> I forgot to put all the links in the description. I just put the link in the comments and I'll, I'll update the description after this so people can find your uh, find it. So, so we were talking a little before. You said you got a little delayed with the launch of this because it was supposed to originally launch earlier. I had prepped a lot of stuff before the new a yeah. lot. And I had a lot of artwork done, all kinds of stuff. And unfortunately, when I went up to Seattle, somebody uh, somebody broke into our car. They stole my computer. Uh-huh. I oh, had geez. my stuff with me because I was trying to just do little... When you work like I do, I work mostly on a surface at the time. And I remember mm. talking to you guys, I think it was right after it happened or right before. And unfortunately, a lot of the stuff I did that was going to be for this Kickstarter was on that computer. So I had to remake a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And then after I remade a bunch of stuff, like it got better, so it can't, it's not entirely bad. But I had brain freeze putting the page together. I, I did it like seven different times. I, I even have checklists and stuff from classes I've taken about how to make sure I compose it. But every time I did it, I would find some little thing and start over. I made my video like seven or eight times and edited it and did all the rest of this and then threw it all away and just made a two-minute thing of me talking to the camera. There was a lot of indecision paralysis, even though I don't talk yeah. like I that way. When I'm putting something out there that I really hope everybody enjoys, I tend to second guess myself because I really want people to see me leveling up as I do things. Mm-hmm. It's been important to me since I was a kid. I, there have been times when I have come really close to pulling something off and then just missed it by a hair. So it, there's the, always that little invasive thought that's in the back of your head Sometimes it derails you, and honestly, between those two things, yeah, I got behind. I had to start a week late. I, I totally understand, though. It's funny, because I said I wrote the song for my girlfriend. Originally, the original idea was to do it for her birthday's March 1st, so it's <clears throat> in a, a week, but or two weeks. But I pushed myself, and I got it done for Valentine's Day, because I thought it was more of a romantic gift anyway. And... But I had it done and I was getting everything ready and I was just like, I got so scared to show it to her. And I know that, so I know how that, that feeling is, especially when it comes to art. And it's like, sometimes you just get, are people going to like this? And Or am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right decisions? Am I making the right creative decisions? Yeah, I totally get it. See, what's odd about <laughs> me though is I don't get afraid of showing the art. The art, I'm like, uh, that part I'm comfortable with. It's all the stuff to make people look at it and say this, it, like for example... I had trouble lettering the first book a lot, and mm-hmm. I didn't really quite understand the spatial rules, the content and whatnot. I, I've uh, since fixed that and gone back and done it. And there are little technical things like that I want to make sure are fixed. As soon as I get feedback from a pre-reader or other professionals in the industry, I try to adhe- like build on it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's, there's an obsession of mine to make sure that I'm considered as professional as I can by my peers. Mm-hmm. and in this case, that's where I was getting tied up in. I have, I've been comfortable with the art part for a long time. 
and it, in all honesty, that's where my ego lays. I, I love showing off that stuff. It's okay. the little thing that makes it look like somebody could have done better. That's the part where I like take a hit whenever I'm doing it. I'm okay. So I completely understand that mental point of view because I have I'm OCD and ADD. I'm pretty damn neurodivergent in, in certain ways. But yeah, it's really fun. And I do this in my own work where I will be late for stuff because I'm too busy writing documentation and rewriting it and getting it just right. So I feel right. like I've, that I'm putting my best foot forward. I, and I hate being rushed and things. So I completely get that. So does that, do you have that feeling? Do you hit that, not wall, but that, that, that issue when you're writing the stories? Do you like, do you get an idea for a story, but then revamp it a couple of times or? Here, I'll give you an example. First of all, you should revamp your stories a couple of times. Yeah. But first like, one, no there's... matter how good it is, no, <laughs> but the book of Nod. Okay. My Ballad of Nod stories have been something I've been working on for years. Everybody who knows me has seen examples of it and they're excited to, to see it come out. I got together and did an ash can as a reward for this Kickstarter. There are 17 versions <laughs> of the see? first issue. Yeah. Because it matters so much. I wasn't 100% sure where I wanted to go with it. Was I, am I being too serious? Am I not being serious enough? Did I do enough world building? Do I. All of those things will play out inside of your head and slow mm -hmm. you down in a lot of negative ways. The important part is, as I tell it when I'm in high school classes and teaching or any of those versions of it, the most important thing about any project is to get it done. And when you find yourself stuck on that repeat, like a broken album or a skipping CD or whatever version of it you think of, when your mind is doing this, telling you, you need to take a second to step back because getting this done is more important because all of us will chase perfection, but perfection is not obtainable. Yeah. And the very first time you're an artist and you finish something, and, I, and when I say artist, a creator, it doesn't really matter whether it's a play, a puppet or whatever. Mm -hmm. The very first time you do it and you're happy with it and you show it to somebody and somebody tells you, you phone that in, especially when it happens when you're young, it's going to create that thing in the back of your head. That's where that voice starts. Yeah. And it's also a part of your own growth, though. If you're going to take it seriously, you're eventually going to get told by somebody that something you did is not as good as it could be. Yeah. The trick no matter, is, no matter what you do. Right. And the trick is just to understand, okay, that's where that one is. And my next one, I'm going to build off of and my next one. Yeah. And that's, but, the, that's the part. And But when it comes to certain types of projects, like at work, you don't have a next one. You're going to turn this fucking thing in. And if you look like crap, you're the one that's going to have to explain that to your boss. Or if you do a Kickstarter page and you screw up, which I did, by the way, <laughs> I put all my art behind the milestones and behind the uh, underneath the stretch goals and stuff. I just fixed it. But when you do a mistake like that and you're going to have repercussions, sometimes you're too scared to even finish it. I have been at work where I had to give a spreadsheet or something where I was analyzing inventory or dollars. We're talking a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I, I work with warehouses where there's 50, 60 million dollars in the warehouse. And if you screw it up, you could accidentally say you've lost 20 million dollars. Mm -hmm. You can't turn something in when you missed a decimal. Right. And you're like that. I have worked until four in the morning because I thought that I screwed something up and had to double check lines and lines of code in Excel sheets before. It, it, that anxiety is always going to be there if you give a damn. It, it's a sign of a good thing about you, but just like most things, you can take it too far. John, imagine if you gave a damn about this podcast. 
actually, you speak about losing money. I lost, I think, $13 million once for a few e-commerce sites when I had a dollar sign in the wrong wrong place in one of my pieces of code. So yeah. I've been there and done that. But uh, yeah, but does it like, isn't it more important that you feel like you've done your best and not listen to people who say, I don't think this is the best you can do or? Absolutely, it is. But if you are going to try to make a product instead of a project yeah you have to consider other people's ability to judge their value and to be able to judge whether they are the people that you're trying to sell to in rest unless you're rob Reifeld. yeah that guy's mad <laughs> i for example i had a reviewer once he loved inheritance he loved it talked about it nonstop. was thrilled with it oh thank you kasan you rock <laughs> um he loved inheritance and when I sent him a damage book, he was like, this is the most immature thing I've ever seen. And he started complaining that I had mom jokes and stuff in it. And I was like, I don't think he understands yeah. the difference between the two books. And it's not his fault because he just has his perception. What it really was for me is that he wasn't the person I was trying to impress. Why did I send damage, which is a campy adventure comedy horror mm. to a very serious horror guy? that looks at things from that lens. And I realized that was something I can control. And a lot of these things, OC, invasive voice, yep, anger, look, there's a lot of, it's actually not about what we think it's about and our emotions are in that moment. It's actually about control. There's some point in your past where you didn't have control over something and it's now all muddled up with all these other things. And the need to make sure it's perfect isn't a need to actually make sure it's perfect. It's a need to have control over what everybody's going to react to because you're scared of something that happened before. Yeah. And in, in my case, that was the crazy ass way that I grew up. I'm always afraid I'm going to do something and it's going to look all right. And then I'm, and then the other foot's going to drop and I'm going to get my art stolen in a van or whatever version of it. Oh, and, yeah. And, your brain just doesn't think that clearly when it's pumping out emotions. So that whole second guessing yourself when you're being logical and you're asking yourself questions, okay, I totally need to get this done and I need to get my Kickstarter out and I'm proposing to have it done on the 1st of March. But at the same time, I can see technical issues wrong and things that are missing from the Kickstarter that I need to have so the Kickstarter will be successful. So I started freaking out about it. Like I, And when I started freaking out about it, I really take getting stuff done on time seriously. But a friend of mine's like, James, seriously is really good. On time is really good. But you're the person who chose March 1st. And I understand that you want to hit that day. But are you going to put out something on March 7th that's better? And my honest question was when I asked myself that was, yes. Yeah. And I just did not have all of the Kickstarter shaped kickstarter profile images all that stuff i had plenty mm -hmm. of images nothing was cut down to the right size nothing was branded right and i i was just in progress i needed to let myself be late to give the people the respect of having a better product and and in this particular case i was able to quiet down me being upset about missing that date because i believe i gave a much better kickstarter presentation except for maybe the video it's me babbling for two minutes <laughs> no your video is fine it's funny, though, because I'm also looking at this from a different side of it. When I was in a band in high school and college, we would start writing songs and we'd have ideas that floated around, but we never really 
finish them until I would sit there and go, okay, you know what? I'm going to book the recording studio for this date. And it might be two months out, which meant we had to finish writing the songs before we went into the studio and made fools of ourselves, cause, especially back then, because it was the only way you could record it. And uh, it wasn't cheap to, to rent a studio. So, so sometimes giving yourself a deadline. Oh, is, it's a it, must. I don't have a deadline. Yeah. It's not getting done. Yeah. It's, so. it's not. I will tweak with it and screw with it and overwork it into oblivion. Yeah. The This year, I just put that book out. I just put a book out back in November, and I already have the next damage book is already done, except for I'm going to add a couple of pages into it to expand on it. Um, Jeff has got the next three kind of in a rough outline, and he's trying to clean it up because he put a lot of stuff into it, and, and you always want to start that way. And then he started chipping away about what you want to focus on. So he's cleaning that part up, but he has time because I'm multiple issues ahead. With Nod, I've got two issues penciled, one issue completely inked, colored, and lettered, and I haven't even chosen a date for those yet. But this year, I'm going to try to make sure that all of the damaged books are done before the year is over. That means I'm going to be putting out four books, one a quarter, and then as soon as those are done, Nod's going to be right in the corner. So I've dedicated myself to trying to make sure that those are happening in that way to give myself that motivation. And you're right, dude. This is putting a date. Here's where we're going to be here. We need to be done and ready. That is the professional way to do it. Yeah. It's just that if you're going to put out something inferior, sometimes you have to bite the bullet and admit, I didn't make it. I, I just need more time to give you yeah. that. Yeah, I agree. That, now, that all said, what's your favorite part of this, of, of what you're putting out now? Is there a part that you're really proud of or something that, that <clears throat> caught, yeah, that really worked well for whatever reason? The part that I am the most proud of, the side spinning an axe with blood moving into your forehead, because I did enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> I really got the blood to move in a way that I dug. Usually <laughs> when people ask me that, I think about a piece of art because I'm very art-centric. Mm -hmm. There's a comic book the box next to me that's filled with nothing but like mid-90s image stuff. That's my favorite period. It's all visual, right? Yeah. But in this one... I started off with a story with Jeff, and it got a, it was it was a short that we entered for a webtoon content. And when I took it down after it was finished, I reformatted it to be in uh, paper form, and then said to myself, "There's more here. There's something more here I could do. I want to do it." And I started a brainstorm about using the trauma for from my past, trauma from Kira's past, my sister, and asked myself if I was mature enough to get into a story that had that kind of gravity. And my answer for myself was yes. I talked to her about it. She was comfortable with it. And I talked to Jeff. And what was really funny is that what gave me the spark of the idea is there were little hints inside of Jeff's original script that he had mentioned some of those. And part of it's because he and I have been friends since I was 19 and he's known me for a really long time. So he knows about a lot of it. And he started to embrace that inside of the characters. And so we have pages where there are moments where the characters are going at it with each other. One of them doesn't even know he's in an argument with somebody. And the other one is literally talking about all this trauma and it's flying over the other guy's head. And when you read it, it sounds exactly like discussions that I have had because it flew over my head with my sister. She was trying to tell me, she was trying to tell me there was something wrong, but she didn't want to tell me there was something wrong because if she had told me then I probably would have killed something. And she chose not to do it <clears throat> because she didn't want to cause trouble in my life. 
that's a paradigm that Jeff managed to catch inside of that, that I was able to tweak the dialogue a little bit and enhance. And I'm really happy with the fact that it makes sense that the characters get to progress and you get to see where it's coming from and that it's hinted in there. Right. So this is only the first part of the four issues. So you're going to learn, okay, something is going on and then it's going to start expanding later. And I'm really happy with how we chose to go about it, how it's being built towards it. I have never thought of myself as a writer's writer. I've always thought of myself as an artist. Yeah, I've done stories. I've done little ones, always smaller one shots. And I like doing stories that you just pick up. But I've always had a little bit of hesitance <coughs> about tackling better and more challenging stories. Yeah. <coughs> Why was the X-Men so good in the 80s? Because there was a lot of challenging stories. Yeah. Mm. yeah was, the art was flashy. That didn't happen until Jim Lee and Protasio and all that other stuff happened later. It was I always mean, about how badass the writing was in the beginning. It's funny because it was a book originally write, created to reflect the civil rights movement, but yet um, it became more action, I think, in the 70s and then got more complicated Yeah, in the in 80s and 90s. When you think about the Teen Titans. <sighs> oh, yeah, yeah the, right, the original one. The, the original. writing on that was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. Now, I mean, little... to the point where they even in Teen Titans Go, they make fun of the fact that it got ended so badly. <laughs> oh, my God. But that stuff was something I was always afraid to tackle. And this yeah. time we're, we're tackling it and I'm growing as a creator as a result of it. And I'm really proud of that. And it's going to it's also making it so that the subject matter and the Battle of Nod, the grief and the other stuff in the next story. I'm tackling that one, and I've gotten way more serious about it. It originally was just that bedtime story, but there's going to be a lot more confronting emotion in it that I was afraid to show before. There you go. That actually mm. sounds... Because you've talked about the books, about them being therapeutic, so I think that's probably you know a good step, right? So I think so, too. Uh, there are just some things that... There are some emotions that people put down on paper because they're shock jocks. And they're just yes. trying to get a reaction. Like yeah. when you see that mother get eaten in the beginning of Attack on Titan, as an example. Oh, yep. um, that that doesn't exactly hold a lot. It's just to provoke a, a sensory emission. It's trying to just grab somebody real quick. I wanted it to mean something. And that's exactly what Jeff and I are doing with this story. And I feel like it's being pulled off. And my pre-readers have also said the same thing, that they're, that they can see it, they can feel it. And that they're they really want to see where it's coming. The best thing you can get from a pre-reader is when they say, "I cannot wait to get the next one." Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's the whole thing. If they're excited to keep going, yeah, you're onto something. So cool. All right. So the Kickstarter at the at this moment has 17 days to go. Let me see. You're uh, you're, you're getting, getting there. You're getting there. You get there. Yep, we got 39 backers right at the moment. We're one away from me releasing another book into our digital library. And uh, there's roughly about 700 bucks left to go. I, I'm not afraid of that number. I'm pretty excited for where it is. Awesome. All right. Yes, we've got, we ran a little long tonight. We lost JD. Of course, you can come back anytime you want, James. But yeah, definitely, I think anyone watching should back the project. All right. So let's bring this one in for landing, as we normally do. We'll go around the room, and you can tell me either A, do you have a recommendation, or B, what did you learn on the podcast this and of course, James, you can go first. What did I learn on the podcast? I learned that Helen Keller was not in the closet. Oh, God. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Those advertisements are instructive as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. That's uh, good. I like that. <laughs> I can't argue. <laughs> All right. And, of course, you recommend people to go to your Kickstarter and back it, right? Um, I recommend everybody to go to Damaging to go ahead and back it. I want as many people to see it as possible. I want them to enjoy it, and I would. I can't wait to hear more feedback. I, I can't recommend that enough. Cool. All right, John. Two recommendations. One is Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 1. Again, don't rent it or buy it. The stream, who knows, with all the things that are going on with Warner, if it'll stay wherever you bought it. Just get the DVD and get a DVD, a good Blu-ray player, but pick that up. If you can see it for free, fine, but definitely. My other recommendation is don't go see Madden Web. <laughs> save the brain cells. If you're thinking you'll take your wife to it, save your marriage. Don't go this. But uh, anyway, uh, and also contribute to the Kickstarter um, because Damage Inc. is really cool. All and right. You get to see John die a horrible death. <laughs> I uh, okay. So I learned that more and more people are jumping on this train and love killing John. Like damn straight, I, I'm I, starting a trend. And and I, I <laughs> love Kassan's comment about eventually you're going to come have to come out with your own comic that explains why your character just won't die <laughs> or stay dead. I'm sorry, that's really he won't stay dead. Yo, Grady Multiverse. Hey. <laughs> I also learned that Madam Web apparently is a horrible movie, and I'm glad I forgot it was out. Uh, <laughs> that you you didn't forget; it was your brain protecting you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, some memories that you're just not supposed to have. It it, it was a beneficial Mandela effect. That's what. <laughs> I also recommend that people go and support. Wow, support James's Kickstarter for Damage One and Two. I'm having an issue logging into Kickstarter at the moment, so I will take care of that after this so i can put my pledge in <laughs> yes and of course as always i recommend you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week links to all our social media at the top of the page one thing i forgot to say if you have gotten this far and you haven't done so yet please click that subscribe button click that bell for notifications so you don't miss us when we go live sunday night 8 30 and yes and i think that's it on that note boys and girls as always Thanks for watching. Don't let you get caught in the door. Have a good week. Yes,